his name. Yeah, he changed the day his name. went to Cambridge, he's now he Alistair. Said, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a new man. I'm going to call myself Alistair Crowley instead of Edward Alexander Crowley. And that's how we'll know him from every... No one wanted to... You know, like, I, I get it. Even back then, Edward wasn't a good name. No, not great. You can show uh, it to Dick, but you... you um, <laughs> no, it's <of> Richard. <laughs> that's Richard. You should show it to um, Ned or Eddie. Ed, Those Ned, are Edward. Edwards are, you know, people who are raised by Christian parents who just stuck yeah. with Edward. and it's just... I guess Alistair was actually like an old Gaelic name for Alex, but it just does sound... Uh, maybe I'm just, you know, looking back, but it does sound more like fancy and magical and mysterious be Alistair rather than being like so... Eddie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Eddie, Ned. Eddie Crowley, yeah. And Eddie Crow yeah, over yeah, there. No, it's like, Alistair. I don't know, Alistair Crowley is like more of a... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Wasn't that a guy's name in Home Alone 2? No, they're the McAllisters. Oh, McAllister. Sorry, McAllister, yeah. yeah. Welcome to the Dylan and Joe Basement Podcast. As most times so far, 35, 35. 35th podcast. Yeah. We're the same hosts as always. Still uh, us. Still us. Uh, right here. there, the title. Um, we have a guest today because um, we saved you from the world's shittiest podcast because one of our special guests, I won't say his name. Skip recurring guest uh, is uh, is is busy at the moment, so um, it's just the three of us today. We're, We're live from another undisclosed location. Undisclosed today. location, as most times. Um, I'm your host, Dylan. I'm Joe. The other, nice to see also you, your host, if you didn't make it clear. Yeah. And today we're going to bring it back to uh, some of the 1800s and the 1900s. Yeah, we're going into the weird and wacky yet again. Uh, this one, we're doing a profile on another person, much like our other profiles. We pick one person involved, but this delves into our other sections of the podcast, which is the strange and unnatural and paranormal and all kinds of other shit. Man. You don't say. Why do you, why, people, people wouldn't guess that off the bat, right? <laughs> no. Yeah, we're actually talking about the history of Walt Disney. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, Dewey Decimal was a person before he created the system. Yes, math. Today's about math. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's why... Well, it's a library system. Uh, a special guest here today. Yeah. Back to where we're sitting. But yeah, exactly. So I think it's a perfect concept. We talked about it in, um, doing this podcast in the past, especially when we brought up the Loch Ness monster episode. We mentioned this person briefly, and uh, we finally got around to doing him and doing him hard the way he likes it. Who are we talking about today? Uh, we're talking about our friends from Spencer and Loch Ness, Alistair Crowley.
episode 35. See, I was crying. Most stories start with the, the birth. Yeah, and uh, Alistair Crowley was actually born Edward Alexander Crowley, not mm-hmm. Alistair yet, in uh, on October twelfth, eighteen seventy-five, in Royal Leamington Spa, Warwickshaw, England. <laughs> Most people would already guess it's England before you even said England, because only England <laughs> has fucking names like that for and a town. New England. And New England, yes, yes. copy that. Um, and he was born of two very religious people. Which you wouldn't have seen coming unless you know about everyone who's grown up in a strict religious household. Yes. They either end up just like their parents or the complete opposite. They're either priests There's no or they that. are literally, in this case, the spawn of Satan. <laughs> the, the beast himself. The beast himself. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he grew up with two hyper-religious parents. His dad actually used to own a distillery, so he made Tons of money selling uh, liquor in England, which you can still make tons of money doing if you can afford to run a distillery in England. But because of his piety and his religiosity, he didn't want to spend a dime he earned selling the devil's drink to common man. So he actually sold the distillery and became a priest, which is how Alistair, or Edward Alexander at the time, knew him as his father's a priest and he looked up to him very much so and he wanted to be a priest like his father which is so fucking weird i never realized that later going into it that there was a time in alistair crowley's life that he was like i love christ and i want to be a priest the first fucking chunk actually yeah not just a couple uh formative years formative years then. formative years of he was he was just in uh as he would say balls deep in scripture um, this is a, <laughs> and so was his father and his mother and his mother they were all and pretty balls deep in that exactly movie. and he wanted to follow them and be a minister and do all that type of stuff but they and weren't just the regular you know whatever we love Jesus go to church on Sunday Christians they were rich they, they were rich <laughs> <laughs> on top of it so it's different so it's different yeah. but also they were in a super strict sect of Christianity where it was you couldn't even celebrate Christmas which you think that was like one of the big holidays but it's too much of a pagan holiday no drink Drinking, no, any Sex. basically all fun. Throw it away Literally. and just read your Bible every day and just be bored out of your fucking. God, board. I, we hate that so much. We were talking about um, yeah. one of our neighbors up north um, who's exactly like that, and the guy's a fucking yeah. It makes brick. it makes for no fun. No for fun. Sure. Calm cops on people. Yeah, it's just not cool. No, no, it said that have, even when uh, other little kids were around playing in the neighborhood. Uh, Alistair, I'm just going to keep calling him Alistair because that's the name. Yeah, yeah, himself. we're going to go with Alistair. Even though right or, now he's still Edward. Or Big Gay Al, whatever. Or Big Al, Al, or Weird Al. Big, uh, I said Big Gay Al. <laughs> Big Gay Al. <laughs> we'll get there later. Or Alice Toy Barn. Yeah. And so, so he would actually stay inside reading his Bible while all the kids were playing outside. And that's got to you know do something to your psyche, even though you think you're doing the right thing as a kid. Being like, i got to get in my nose in the Bible. It's the right thing to do. But everyone's having fun. Literally, you know, 20 feet away outside, and you're sitting in there nosing the books. And it's not just a regular book. It's the Bible. I mean, you're, it's, a, it's a hard read. It's hardcore. It is, it is a hard read. I've tried to read it recently, and it's like, it's, yeah. it's a lot to take on. Yeah, every time I'm in a hotel so, room. Every time, yeah, exactly. Every time Joe's in a hotel room, he flips open the Bible. page. You close your eyes, you put your finger down, and then uh, yeah. it's usually just describing uh, something, like a genealogy or something. And you're like, I don't know why this is all important to you yeah, never get one of the good stories when you just open a random page. You gotta, you gotta know where you're looking. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, if you do, you're like, I'm gonna get some more advice. Open the Bible. You're exactly right. There's, there's just a lot. The and they're like, stories, and, and there's and a lot of Edith details. and Judith and Josiah. 
They had Joseph. a son, Joseph, Joseph and Joseph. Thomas, and Thomas was the third of his name. It's like, all right, get to the Jesus part, get to the miracles and yeah, all the, the, things, the stories and the lessons. And the, and yeah, get someone cheating on somebody or yeah, having sex yeah. with a prostitute. Yeah, get they, to the killing the gay people and all that. Whatever yeah, is going yeah. on in here. The, the, the flood that kills the world. That's the good. The that's forgi- juicy and the forgiveness. Or if you flip to the back of the Bible, some really juicy stuff. Revelations is where it's going to come up later in the story. Six six six, the number of the beast, the beast himself, which is. What Alex well, and what how it happened is Alistair Crowley got his got his his, uh, his rocks his, off, his rocks off, or his heart on, <laughs> yeah. depending on what country and what you call it. Yeah, in that um, order. From Revelation, yeah, his persona was developed from the last book of the Bible, mm. last book of the Old Testament. Uh, that's the last book of the entire Bible. Of the entire Bible, it's the Sorry. conclusion. It's an exciting conclusion. They really know how to end the book. Can see how much I've read. It's the yeah the the, the beast with you know seven heads and. Hundred wings and a hundred teeth and a million things and the horns and Jesus comes down and he Hocalypse. fights. Apocalypse. Yeah, I mean they, they're supposed Wait, to actually yeah. have a, a final battle on a mountain in uh, what's now modern day Israel and that mountain's name Armageddon. That's why they call it Armageddon because it's the last battle at the end of the world. That's it. So I'm sure he was into all that shit because that guy that'll come up later. But that's how he was as a kid. But. Something happens in his life that obviously turns him from that path because we wouldn't even know who the fuck he was if he just became another priest of this crazy uh, Christian sect that's so into it. And I think the major factor was that his father developed tongue cancer, which had to, it sucks at any time, but especially in the late 1800s, that must have been a really fucking rough Well, my first question is like, you don't hear about that a whole lot except for people who, you know... Tongue cancer, you mean? Eat ass all the time. Or, <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, I don't know if that's proven or not, but they said something about... Yeah, Michael Douglas, he got throat too. cancer because he ate out uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones too much. Just once. <laughs> <laughs> that is the biggest bullshit thing. Just one I, time. I, I imagine marrying cancer. Catherine Zeta-Jones and you're an old codger. He's like 30 years older than her. He's the son of Kirk Douglas, which is why he's so famous and shit. He's a good actor, but... And then Catherine Zeta-Jones, whoa, whoa, he married her when... Back up, hang on. Sure, yeah, go ahead. Just wait a second. Oh, yeah, no. Wait, she's Forget the son of Kurt Douglas? Oh, no, Michael Douglas is the son of Kurt Douglas. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Catherine Zeta-Jones, who is with Michael Douglas, is, is the her son. brother. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. No, um, he's the son of Kurt Douglas, because he's Michael Douglas. Right. right. Okay. But so Kurt Douglas is fucking great. We oh, talked yeah. about him a lot. Oh, he was of my, he, he might be my favorite actor, which isn't a lot of... People's favorite actor people were born in the 90s, usually born in the 50s. Yeah. Actor. But, God, Kurt Douglas, fucking mm. awesome. And I'm not talking shit about Kurt yeah. Douglas or Michael Douglas as actors. Don't. I mean, Michael Douglas, you can go to town. I don't care about the, No, he's yeah. also very good at, uh, as actor. But imagine Michael Douglas, I mean, I don't know the exact ages, but he must have been like in his late 50s, this old codger, marrying Catherine Zeta-Jones in her prime. Solid she was a triple-A actress. Move. The looks, the talent, the everything. She was making a ton of money. He marries this, the one of the hottest starlets in Hollywood and most talented. And then a couple years later, he gets throat cancer and blames it on eating her out. Wait, what so a piece of shit. Serious? Yes, it was, all, it was on like all magazines, newspapers. He's like, yeah, this uh, the old coos there gave me throat cancer because I kept licking her too much. It's like, the hell is wrong with you, man? Serious? Did you <laughs> see that fucking movie she was in at her prime with Sean Connery? <laughs> yeah, we talked about which, that. Which one's that? Which one's I don't remember I don't remember the um, name. We'll it's put like it around Double Jeopardy came around the same yeah, time. Yeah, she's got um, the scene when she's going she's to the lasers. She's going lasers yeah, in, in, the, in the Catwoman costume. And it's yeah, like, are you kidding me? In Chicago and wow. all, like, all that Someone shit. Someone has mommy problems. If oh, I know. on your fucking little yeah, prime of imagine. all women. Even if that was the reason why and your your wife wasn't Catherine Zeta-Jones, be a good husband. So many don't of fucking us blame would it on die that. 
to do that so to it, Catherine yeah. Zeta-Jones. So I don't know that, that kind of. And kinda... he blames his 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 fucking cancer on that. Dude, I could I could I could I could go out right now from this undisclosed location. Yeah, and wherever say, we might be. Raise your hand if you would uh, eat her out one time mm-hmm. and then die. Everyone be like, and people would be like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, people I think her, about it for a moment. You probably would go with yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, so Michael Douglas blames that on that, and Alistair yeah. Crowley's uh, or whatever Edward. Uh, yeah. So uh, he M- dies Mr. of Crowley tongue then. cancer in the 1800s, late and, 1800s. And it's got to be a different reason though, because fuck? I can't imagine there was any uh, uh, eating anybody out if you're that Christian. They probably did the thing where you you mm. fuck through a sheet, you don't even see each other because you're so you yeah, know, exactly. It's against the Lord. Seriously, yeah. Exactly. So, but, but that's if he was even having sex, which he was. Well, she probably wasn't. No. So, so yeah. we're talking. 1800s industrial revolution yep. tobacco and i mean england tobacco. was probably at the forefront at that time for the industrial revolution they were yeah, like he's powerhouse just fucking drinking oil or this something this is still <laughs> this is <laughs> fucking no you know so yeah whatever he was whatever. doing eating whatever whatever we're not here to die we're not do- no, no, that's we're, not what we're talking we're not doctors no. we're not claiming to be doctors no. this is not a medical advice podcast Mm-hmm. We can't say anything. True. Yeah, we like to speculate. It's it's interesting. Yeah. Uh, Catherine Zeta Jones, if you hear this, happened. please give me a call. I would love to, <laughs> yes. uh, get to know you better. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so his father dies, and I think that's a huge factor in how he changes how he reacts. Because not only does his father die when he's young, his idol he wants to grow up to be, then his mother really never got along with him that well beforehand. He was more of a daddy's boy. But then, Alistair becomes deathly ill, and the doctors mm-hmm. give him months to live. So yeah. his mother says, "I don't want to deal with this shit. Go live with your uncle." Like a good mom. Like a good mom, yeah. And but he at least he had so, a he had a shit mom and a great uncle because he has the his cool uncle. uncle. Is fucking good. His, his uncle is cool as hell. He's good shit. And his uncle goes, "This kid's gonna die. I'm gonna let him have as much fun as possible before he has to die." He's like 14, 15 years at this time, and his uncle's letting him. He's bringing him to pubs. He's letting him drink. He's letting him get up to all kinds of crazy shit and but, people going out, and he even buys him a prostitute. Wait, wait, yeah, He's yeah, fifteen yeah, yeah. years old. Yeah. Yes, that's a cool uncle. No, no, that's a cool uncle. And the thing is, it's um, yeah, I'm gonna get deep for a second, guys. Um, I never had a dad or an uncle to say, "Hey, dude, let's lose your virginity <laughs> um, right now." I bought you a prostitute. And you go, wow, wow. thanks, uncle. Thanks. Uh, uh, William or whatever. William. Thanks, Uncle William. This is awesome. That's not... I mean, that's just not happening anymore. No. No one's doing that. And he's... Well, yeah. I mean, people are doing it. We just don't know them. It's way trashier now. I mean, Florida still exists, so that must be happening. Florida's still there. Yeah. Um, sorry to all our Florida podcast listeners. You know we're right Solid about 50% it. of them. But you guys know what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. But, but, um, but I mean, yeah. yeah like, this oh, kid who's reading the Bible like, every day. Shit, and he said, hey, hey, uh, hey, sport. Tossles his hair. He's a, I bought you a, flicks his I balls. Bought you a prostitute in England. Go Let's lose that virginity. Have a good time, man. Before you die. We have a great know. fucking time, and it just, that's that's nice. It's 15 nice. years old, Alistair. It's good it. shit. The rest of us have to do it on our own. Right, um, yeah. So, right, um, not, but. but on top of that, so the bit, one of the, the turning factors in the story with Alistair Crowley and his um, cool as fuck fucking uncle mm-hmm. um, is that uh, he thought that bringing a little old Alistair into the forest to go breathe the mountain air, go run around the forest, fucking... Just a little bit of freedom. Naked or whatever, he, whatever. Whatever you want to do. Go whatever around the do. forest, fucking up. jerking off. Whatever whatever, whatever you want to do, have fucking do it yeah. um, in the forest air and go be like a mountaineer. Go be a, um, you know... Get to know the world. Get to know the world, get to know nature, get to just get out of these confines of like rules and strict things and scripture and whatever it is. Yeah. And go fucking live it up. And what happened to him? After this, 
Uh, uh, Alistair? Yeah. Gets better. He gets better. He's having a fucking time. He's in nature. He's banging uh, one prostitute at the time once. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's living up, and he starts to heal from whatever the fuck his problem is. Yeah, which I still don't really know. No one even talks about what exactly yeah. it was. I mean, it could have just been fucking massive depression and could be like yeah. just stagnation of just like sitting on uh, whatever like, chair all day. Whatever yeah, he did exactly. And it must have been a huge culture shock and- to go between <clears throat> basically living like H.P. Lovecraft to fully, you know. Banging a prostitute, going out hiking, going drinking with your uncle. I mean, there must have been a huge change. And it definitely struck him because not only did he take to it like a fish to water, he was like, this is what life's about. It yeah. totally changes mentality to the point where he was doing so well healthily that his uncle's like, well, man, it's been fun having you around, but I actually was only here to have you basically die with me and have fun. Yeah. I got to send you back to your mom. <clears throat> Goes back to his mom and she can't even recognize this kid. Yeah, he's, he's a, a completely different man. He's a fucking warrior of a man now oh yeah and he had but what makes a strong guy like that is that he he saw death he saw the end mm-hmm. he had a near-death experience he saw the other side because yeah. he was that sick and then all of a sudden he's like i don't have to i can i can do whatever the hell i want for the rest of my life for the next and he does 50 years spoiler alert on that spoiler one. alert that's the big um his philosophy was uh, starting at 15, 14 years old. I'm going to do whatever the hell do I what thou wilt. Do yeah. what that wilt. Do what thou wilt. Yeah. So when he gets home, he starts to act like that person that he's become in the meantime. And his mother already wasn't a huge fan of his. She completely despises him now. She thinks she's, he's a sinner. He's Antichrist. A heathen, Antichrist. And she actually calls him the beast, which he actually takes that, which, you know, five years earlier, he would have been devastated for life. But he mm-hmm. takes that as a badge of honor and, mm-hmm. and calls himself that for the rest yeah. of his life. So what does he do? He just because he wants to just just prove himself and just do his thing, he bangs the maid. Bangs the maid at the bangs mom's the house. Maid at the mom's house on, on the, the mom's, mom's bed. bed. <laughs> <laughs> and that wasn't by accident. That was deliberate. Uh, yeah, that so. was deliberate. And and uh, the another recurring theme with Alistair Theory, everything he touches kind of gets fucked up. Yeah. So. Um, so yeah. so the maid so the mom fires the maid. Mm-hmm. The maid becomes um, and this is again as the story goes on. The maid becomes like a homeless fucking drug addict. Yeah, because wreck. the mom tells everybody why it happened instead of blaming um, the her son and all everything else. She blames the maid, and then the maid becomes don't hire this woman. She's a harlot. She's a whatever. So yes, she does become a prostitute. She's like this is the only job prostitute. I can get. Now. Yeah, it's not like you can go, especially at the time from maid. There's not a whole lot of other places for you to go when you get fired and no one will hire you as a maid. It's not like she can fall back on her graduate degree it's like you, what are you gonna do you gotta feed yourself yeah and her word of mouth reputation which they, is oh all yeah they, they didn't, had a reputation. They didn't have tiktok made back then definitely word of she mouth she got fucked and all of a sudden it was either she either she was, got fucked she either was it was two things again this is let's let's talk real for a second we're not talking about theory uh-huh. she either got ruined because her rich uh you know, with the maid uh, yeah, yeah, I'm the maid. Gotcha, um, yeah. So the maid, um, so like the people's house she cleans, so whatever we want to call them, like her... Uh, masters. Masters. Say her employers, we'd her probably employers say Her employers or whatever it was, either, you know, because they did fire her and that might have ruined her, or she had the best fucking dick of her life and she said, <laughs> I'll, and she's just the homeless person going, I, I will never get over this, and... and um, <laughs> And, That's she, us and, being and then serious. she went fucking. This is us being serious. <laughs> and now she's just had the best thing ever, and she can't even, uh, can't keep, can't even hold herself straight. And she became homeless because she experienced 
the best thing ever at one point in time. Pure ecstasy. <laughs> um, well, I guess we'll never really We know. don't know. We, we yeah. honestly don't know, but it's it, it could say. be one of the two things. Yeah, it's definitely uh, something. But uh, yeah, unfortunately for her, so she was, uh, she was out. And that really does begin uh, Aleister Crowley being, you know, even more of a pariah to his mother and just, you know, basically acting out, causing trouble and... He doesn't want to be any any part of this. Um, yeah, she doesn't want him to be any part of it either. Rather, he just what just he was back with his uncle, just living it up. Um, yeah, and now he's stuck at home with this uh, puritanical old uh, lady who doesn't want any part of it. Yeah, uh, until he goes off to college, I think. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Um, so, but now he's going to college with some uh, fully developed inner manhood strength testosterone-filled mm-hmm. puberty shit. And in the meantime, probably not reading the Bible anymore, but reading all kinds of other uh, thinkers, philosophers, occultists, magical thinkers. Like, yeah, yeah. He was reading he, all he, kinds yeah, of books. Yeah, exactly. He was, he was looking for... Because he had a spiritual awakening. Mm-hmm. Not just from the sex and the freedom or whatever it was. He's. It's not that he ditched religion. He didn't. Um, he became more interested in other ways of thinking. Right, yeah. So he wasn't, he wasn't, a, he wasn't a recluse fucking, um, you know, just going to go just fuck do whatever the fuck you want yeah. he was even more so again he did whatever he wanted but he was more interested in ancient gods mm-hmm. in other scriptures other ways of living other um again occultist is the best word because it's other ways of thinking about the things that people thought about for the past thousand years right yeah what are, are these other, other ideas? ideas what are these other ideas i like them more and i'm more connected spiritually than my parents were by a fucking long shot because there's just more to this. For real, And yeah. he became very interested in that stuff. And then he went to college. And he went to... Cambridge. He went to Cambridge. Because that's yeah. where cool people went. Yeah. Back then. Still one of the best colleges in the world, I think. It's top three in the world. You got Harvard, Cambridge, and you got, uh, you know, those, like, superior Ivy League schools mm. across the world. And he went to Cambridge. Yeah. And stuff happened there, too. Yeah. That's when he was actually... Much like a lot of kids going to college for the first time. You get to really spread your wings beyond just the fact that he spread his wings as a young man. He gets to actually mm-hmm. meet new people, develop new ideas, and really, you know, just become the person that we'll find out he is later. Like mean, that's really when he he starts the awakening when he's with his uncle. But when he gets to go to college, now he's like, "Well, I'm never going back home with mommy and this crap. I'm going to be Alistair Crowley." And in fact, that's, that's when he, changed, he that's changed his name. When he changed his name, yeah, he changed the his day name. he went to Cambridge, he's now Alistair. I'm um, a new man. I'm going to call myself Alistair Crowley instead of Edward Alexander Crowley. And that's how we'll know him from every... No one wants to... You know, like, I, I get it. Even back then, Edward wasn't a good name. No, not great. You can show uh, it to Dick, but you... you um, that's Richard. <laughs> that's Richard. You can show it to oh. Ned or Eddie. Ed, Those Ned, are Edward. Edwards are, you know... People who are raised by Christian parents who just stuck yeah. with Edward and it's just. I guess Alistair was actually like an old Gaelic name for Alex, but it just does sound. Uh, maybe I'm just you know looking back, but it does sound more like fancy and magical and mysterious. To be Alistair rather than being like so... Eddie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know Eddie, Ned. Eddie Crowley, yeah. And Eddie Crow yeah, over yeah, there. No, it's like Alistair. I don't know, Alistair Crowley is like more of a. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Wasn't that a guy's name in Home Alone too? No, they're the McAllisters. Oh, McAllister. Sorry, McAllister. Yeah, yeah. yeah, when he went to the pizza, the McAllister. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking that was the name, but yeah, Alistair, solid fucking name. Yeah, even today, solid yeah. name. Yeah, good it, choice, Alistair. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so then he starts to do that whole thing. He starts to look into these, these like you said, these new mystics, mystics and ways of thinking, ancient religions, Eastern thought, things like Taoism, Buddhism, yeah. and when you're at a university like Cambridge. 
Now you have, I mean, now we can just go on our computers and just fucking run through there and look it up. But at the time, you just didn't have access to all these different books and sources of knowledge, especially because the society in old Victorian England was so much like uptight, keep, you know, straight edge. But now you can look at all these texts under the guise of learning. And he was learning, but he wasn't just learning to study him. He was learning because he wanted to start following these ideas, which he met a lot of people who did. And for the first time, he could actually flaunt his bisexuality, yeah. which he was not able to do no. living at home. I mean, you can bang the maid, sure, but you can't bang the butler. That's a no-no. Big no-no. Yeah. You know. That's why I said Big Al earlier, because he, he <laughs> was, again, on top of... I mean, he was definitely bisexual. There's no way around it. 100% bisexual. And his first account to being... Um, his first experience with a guy was a spiritual one. Mm-hmm. He said it was full of the most... Um, he, like the most, he was clearly the, the bottom in this case. And he was like, it was just this massive amount of pain, horrible things, where it was. But then he, at the, towards the end, experienced like some spiritual enlightenment. Like a runner's high. Like a runner's high. <laughs> exactly. Um, and that's what started this off. Like a bummer's guy. Like a bummer's guy, according to Joe. <laughs> and he, um, it, it just added, it just added more value and more content and more mm. spiritual experiences to this guy's life as he clearly was seeking him out. Yeah, and, and then and he went he went to Paul Steve as far as that's concerned because he realized that he didn't want to ever go back to the world of, you know, not only just trying to do the the usual Victorian thing of meet a person, you know, marry them, do the kids and stuff like that. He was like, I'm never gonna do that. I'm not the kind of guy I am. Or I just, want to be free. Or just hire a female prostitute and then just live that life. He wanted yeah, no, he didn't want to do that either. He wanted, he wanted, he wanted more, more to that. it. Yeah, yep. and he really did find it as a spiritual experience, as you said, and that's what he started to look more into. Not only having sexual experiences with both men and women, but into how what what kind of society or religious sex can I be a part of that's gonna help me learn more about these ideas and actually take them into practice. I don't just want to read books and learn about these ideas. I want to do them. I want to do the rituals. I want to do the, the, the different seances. I want to actually be part of some shit. And, you know, you can't just put up a Craigslist ad at the time. Especially because the kind of things that he was into were super frowned upon. So you couldn't just find, uh, you know, a new, you know, book club down the road that's into your shit. You got to know somebody and you got to keep quiet and find it out. And, um... I think that's really when he, he starts to become, uh, even though he's on his path this whole time, I think this is the point in his life where there's no return. He's going to be the Aleister Crowley that we know now. He still could have been, oh, you know, I was wild in my youth, I like to experiment in college, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But when he reaches this point and he starts to find other people of his ilk, he really solidifies in, I'm going to die this way. I'm never going to be different than this. And that's even through syphilis, believe it or not. He did contract that. Yeah, because um, even, I mean, even through Cambridge, he was still yeah. he was still just going after prostitutes. I mean, almost everybody had syphilis at the time, even if you weren't fucking everybody. So if you're add on top of that, you're fucking everybody. I you're mean, getting syphilis. You're getting syphilis. You're, yeah. just, you're just gonna get it. That's yeah. just it. One of the most one of the uh, you know we think of Al Capone, but we also think of Alfred Crowley. We do. A lot Famous of owls. people. A lot of a lot of owls <laughs> with syphilis. If your name Big is Al, syphilis owls. You're dating a guy named Al. Just just be aware that this is a possibility. Al is one of those names. For sure. Yep. So do you want to talk about uh, the uh, Order of the Golden Dawn? I, I do. think that's that's the next step that's in the story. The, that's the biggest step where Alistair finally found uh, a, another type of occult where he felt that this was a, a big step in his development yeah. toward 
um, religious freedom towards freedom and towards like-minded people. Yeah. The religious cult was a very real thing back then and is totally fucking wild. Exactly. So like we were saying, unlike the usual, you walk around the quad and you see the posters say, oh, you want to join the Quidditch team? And you yank the tag off of there and you go, oh, call this number, whatever. You join the club, the book club, whatever. You have to actually hear whispers in between and be in circles of people who want to get into this kind of thing to even be invited to one of these ceremonies, which is what we're talking about. It's called the, uh, sorry, the Order of the Golden Dawn, which ends up being like basically the basis on what he wants to make his religion like in the future and it's a group of all these like-minded men who are into mysticism just founded magic in 1888 it was founded right so it's a relatively new thing and it includes members um such oh sorry as samuel liddell mcgregor mathers is their leader and yep yeah also uh william butler yates and bram stoker which most of us will know as the author of the book Dracula. Mm-hmm. So he was another member of the Order of the Golden Dawn. And Dracula is still alive. We'll get there another podcast. But yeah, yeah, we, we haven't done vampires yet, but that, Dracula... That's coming up. Dracula is in New Orleans. I thought that was interesting that he was in the same uh, order as Aleister Crowley. It's like, it just seems like it's just right for the picking. It's like all in the same basket. Well, and as we get along to this podcast, more and more prominent members are part of a lot of the same things that Aleister Crowley was, starting with this. And it's, yeah. it's like... He's legit ass. It's people. like uh, the Mickey Mouse Club, you know. They they it's all went on to be Justin Timberlake, Freddie yeah, Spears, Spears. Sinagular. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, it's like at the time they were just doing their little their little club together. Miley Cyrus. But they went on to no, that's Disney Channel. Later. They went on to okay. be uh, you know, know all that. these other um, yeah, it was these huge names, and you look back, you go, oh, they're all part of the same group there, and they have a lot of the same themes, and a lot of people are into the same things there. So when he originally joins the group, he actually went in. And he wore a fake mustache, and he said that he was like a Russian count because he was still afraid his family was going to find well, out. And he spent a lot of time in Russia before he joined this as well. Oh, I see. So he worked on his Russian accent. He did, yes. So that was his way of kind of sneaking in there. Um, but they weren't really cool with that because they, like, they could totally tell he wasn't real. And they were like, like all of our mustache. shit all of our shit is based on trust, and you have to be really serious about it because all the t- – imagine that. Yeah. It's got a rubber band around it because there's no adhesive <laughs> There's really no glue. No spirit gun. Wait a minute. That looks like a fake mustache. <laughs> He's like, oh, my God. So, yeah, they base everything on, on uh, trust and secrecy because all it takes is a couple of religious zealots to go and call them out, and the college will call them out. And then, you know, who knows at that time? They could have broke the whole thing up. So mm-hmm. they really needed to trust you to be part of it and know you were really serious about learning these rituals and these magic uh, – you know, dealings because everyone in the cult, or most of them at least, truly believed you could use magic to change the world and to a- activate different parts of your psyche and contact spirits and angels and demons. All these guys were like, This is real. We're going to all learn from each other how to do it. Yeah. And Crowley was like, Yes, please. Well, and he was still up against some other things too, because like, even even that this was, this was taboo to most people in the day. They still denounced bisexuality and uh, a lot of other things that he had. So he had to work his way through as like, right. as like a pet, as like a peon, a peon. He has to say peasant, a peon. Yeah. To get through the, I think they call it the first order. Bow to the first order. Gotcha. The first order is for newbies, for mm-hmm. people like who are basic in the military, whatever it is, yes. to work through that or whatever it was. But he stuck to his values. 
in his his yeah ship. most of the members and, of the order they wouldn't they wouldn't even drink alcohol they were like teetotalers like completely sober like straight edge dudes who were like we gotta this is like the serious it's almost like another religion it's just not yeah. Christianity but yeah. they're like this is the way it goes yep. and even though Crowley was mostly interested in learning all that and being becoming a part of it like you said he still stuck to his guns he's like I'm still gonna fuck whoever I want and pretty soon he's gonna start getting into the uh the finer things in life as far as drugs go. And yeah, we'll get there in a minute because there's a lot of finer things. That yeah, I don't want to jump the gun. He's in a lot that. of finer things. Um, and, uh... Yeah, the Order of the Golden Dawn. Order of the Golden Dawn. Fast order! Quite the thing. And uh, we'll pull up pictures of him in the Golden Dawn because, again, the, the Golden Dawn was... We plenty of pictures. Had a lot of influences from, again, the ancient gods. And ancient yeah, a lot religions. of Egyptian like Egypt stuff, uh, symbolism yeah. and things like that. Yeah, so sure. you picture a, uh, a, a white dude uh, from England uh, who looks like a pharaoh. Um, that's their ceremonial. So outfits. if you ever saw the Ten Commandments, that old uh, movie from the 50s, that. Yes. <laughs> we'll yes. pull that up if we can yeah, find yeah. a clip. The whitest man ever. They spray painted him and then they put a... Uh, crown on him and they go there you go he's a barrel yep let my people go other white guy yeah so was it around this time that he met his first wife uh, uh, yeah we can go Rose into, Kelly right yeah we can go into that uh, you might if we take a quick break I didn't yeah, yeah, take I, a piss before we started we do have to piss so yeah so let's be right back this week's episode of the Dylan Joe Basement Podcast is sponsored by Lion Kugel Summer Shandy when you want to drink like a bitch but still have beer. Ah, tastes like compromise. Line of the Kugel Summer Shandy. The taste of the summer. So we're back from our thanks for covering that. Back from our commercial break. Joe's uh, in on the uh, covering up of things on the ones and twos, whatever that means. Joe's doing it. Um, so Joe, we didn't talk about why they call it the Golden Dawn. We did not, and actually, I don't know why. If you okay. would inform me, I'd be yeah. very appreciative. No, absolutely. So like, um, imagine you go to some sort of a like uh, like the Freemasons back in the day. You'd go yeah. spend time at a like a a big beautiful stone like mansion you know crazy place or whatever it was there's yeah. a lot of sleepovers a lot of things like that mm-hmm. and uh, they used to um, uh, every morning um, wake up each other by pissing on them so they uh, there's no way all, that's of, su- all of a sudden you know, <laughs> <laughs> the order of the golden shower yeah so um so that's why it's called the Golden Dawn. Well, I, I, you know what? Usually I'd be like, that's total bullshit. But with all those crazy Masonic cults and shit like that, Skull and Bones, they probably do do shit like that. They're going to wake you up with a nice uh, warm piss spray to your face. Yeah, so uh, it's, just a, it's just a rumor I heard. Um, yeah. You know, no one's saying it's true can, or not. You can't confirm but, or deny uh, it. We, we but, can't yeah. confirm or deny it, but it was, Very you know, well they had a lot of lying. things like that going on. Um, <laughs> the Golden Dawn. The golden, <laughs> the golden dawn. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Morning golden dawn. Yeah, the morning glory dawn party. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, don't don't quote us on that one though. We, no, we no. weren't there. At but the spread time. it around. But just don't say we told you. Yeah, yeah, the golden dawn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, around this time, um, he starts getting uh, into drugs. Yeah, altogether. And 
Originally, he's doing it because he wants to enhance his spiritual experience. And he thinks yes. that they bring him closer mm-hmm. to uh, the actual, the other side, whether it's angels or gods or spirits. He yeah. wants to be closer, and he thinks that taking uh, psychedelic drugs and other drugs he's going to be taking in the future is going to bring him closer to that. And that's when he starts to get into things like like psychedelics, like cocaine, yeah, and like heroin, which now we understand how. You know, it does intense, <laughs> and it does do that. Yeah. But how intense that is! Uh, but at the time, you you could be prescribed uh, heroin and cocaine from a doctor, and he did go on to be prescribed heroin for asthma in his future. So it wasn't like he had to go buy from the guy down the road; like, he could just buy at the store. Basically. Yeah, and this is the time of also opium dens, where and opium, like yeah. again, we're talking just straight up, you know, opium dens, which should come back. Um, yeah, because there's not; it's not heroin; it's just not. You smoke opium, you have a good conversation, you feel nice and loopy, and you have a good time. It's not you're not doing heroin, but um, it's still so made from poppy seeds, though, right? It's just yeah. a different derivative. Well, poppy oh. poppy plants, so like plants. opium plants, gotcha, poppy yeah. seeds come from them, whatever. Yeah, yeah sorry, like, the plants. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So like, um, yeah, he got into drugs, and it's not it's not that he thought this; it's because he knew this. So he would have his he would do his own um, his own experimentation with. Um, seeking a higher power seeking more uh spiritualism and stuff like this and right. drugs enhance that so as people who on the podcast who've done drugs you know that if you go, you know who you are you know who you are we're not gonna call any names but um not uh Every fucking time you fucking goddamn call on you, this, this it's almost like you have a spidey the, sense for what we're doing the podcast. Are you in the bathroom? What? I there's so many people talking. <laughs> <laughs> two two people, your two favorite uh, cousins, basically. I mean nephews. What's going on, dude? Oh, are you guys? Are you guys podcast? We are. Yeah, we're doing Alistair Crowley. Oh, Alistair Crowley, nice. Oh, yeah. no, I was just calling and uh, see if you were watching uh, the new Tom Brady because you looked fucking real good. It's only preseason. We're not watching it yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Preseason well, is, is a joke only, and everyone knows it. There's only three preseason games, though, so it's, like, better than years past. Like, you're actually getting some, like, quality football the first They're half. still putting him out there? If I was his coach, I'd be like, you're sitting the whole preseason. I don't care how many throws you want to get in. You could get injured any second now and ruin the whole season. Especially when you're 43 or whatever. No, I, I don't think Cam's going to be the starting quarterback this year. That's fine by me, man. The quicker he gets out, the better, man. Yeah, this Mac Jones kid, he looks pretty good. He looks a lot like Tom Brady. Yeah, oh, he looks like Tom Brady. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. But also, you're definitely putting a lot of credence in the preseason, which is uh, in the very un-Belichick thing of you to do. Yeah. Well, see, you know me. I hate watching preseason, but since, like, there's only three preseason games. So they have One less than usual. Season game. Yeah. Um, like actually getting to see uh, like the the starters playing a lot more because it's like, well, we only got three games, so we got to actually see what we really have there before we uh, got the season. But yeah, all right, back to your podcast. I was just uh, I didn't know your yeah, podcast. We, we love podcast. you, man. We miss you. We wish you were interrupting in person. We'll see you. Hell yeah, man. Spiritualism, cool. drugs. Um, yeah, they enhance things. No, you were saying, you know, looking out to the people that out there that, that do use drugs, you know who you are. I think it's the last thing we said before. We yes, did. you know who you are. We're yeah. looking at you. 
But you're talking about how it enhances that process or what? Yeah, yeah, you can, if you, if you master your spiritual, not, not, no, there's no mastery of that. If you get to the point where you know where you're at and then you go, you go do psychedelics with intent mm-hmm. to enhance it, um, you know that uh, it can bring closer, especially if you do psychedelics. Yeah, a lot of people bring um, themselves to those situations. Not at all, not at all. Get away from me. Uh, not, don't fucking put that near me. To the guy who doesn't believe in all this fucking shit that has no, I, I'm not. I'm not scared of it being a ghost. Scared. I think it's gross. It has fake hair on it. It looks like a little child with a little dress on. It's completely disgusting, and I hate them. I hate little dolls. Okay, well, have you seen this? Yeah. No, no, have you seen this? I've seen the whole thing of it. What does it have, like a, a Yankee thing? Oh, a twist. It's even worse. It makes it even worse. This is like ASMR, whatever the, whatever the fuck that oh, means. Oh, God, don't do that to our listeners. It's so disrespectful. Well, it's not working. Anyways, it, it, def- it, 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 it talks time. or has a song. <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of people... Um, it's kind of just snap on the podcast. Yeah. A lot of people yeah, go into those here. things uh, trying to take psychedelics in order to find that spiritual part of themselves. Like, there's people who don't do a drug a day in their life and then they go into the desert in Arizona and they do peyote because they want to find uh, some kind of spiritual awakening to themselves. They're not doing it as a recreational idea or to be like, let's have a party, man. Like They're actually like, I want to find God or I want to feel spiritual or whatever. You're just giving me more reason to break the thing. I'm sorry. I just wanted everyone to know. Okay, well, I'm going to try to stop it now. Cause I thought it was but now it's going to go for like 10 minutes. I thought I was going to talk. Okay, no one can hear. You guys can't hear, right? No, you probably can't, you probably can't hear on the mic. Um, no, okay. But. but Joe knows, and he's mad. <laughs> Joe's mad. I didn't need another reason to hate that fucking doll, but now it won't <laughs> shut up. Well, on top dude, of it. every, every, all right, so now we're on horror stuff, because yeah, this is go, podcast. Yeah, let's go into no, it. No, I'm just saying is that Joe, Joe now is the, I'm, that doll is a friend of mine, so now the doll is going to come after you at night. Yeah, it's going to emerge. Because you're the one who's mad at it. <laughs> have you seen a movie before? Yeah. Have you ever seen a movie? I mean, that's why I was originally scared of dolls when I was a kid because of all the movies. Because you're mad at them the whole time. <laughs> I'm mad at them because they want to murder me when I was a kid. They want to murder you because you're mean to them. Now I hate them because, because they're gross mean. little fake hair, fake baby things. They're disgusting. I have no idea why anyone would want them. If you're not a five-year-old girl, you shouldn't have a doll in your house. Sorry to all those old ladies who have dolls in their house. You have it's a doll. fucking weird. You have a doll in your house. Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> You have a doll in the unschooled location that you're at right now. Oh, no, I do not. It's here. Is it not? It's a doll here right now. Well, they won't be here for long. <laughs> so, I'll be fine at night, but, uh, because the doll likes me, but the doll doesn't like you. I'll sleep like a dead baby. Until the dead baby comes in <laughs> and makes your night a living fucking hell. I've seen Annabelle. I've seen... Chucky. Yeah, and I've seen... Goosebumps. I've, and most importantly... I hope you guys have all seen the movie The Boy and The Boy 2 because Joe's fucked. Well, be mean to dolls. Uh, I can't help you. That's fine. You can't call. You cannot call nine one one if a doll comes after you. You can't. You won't have to because they won't have. You'll be dead. Yeah. Well, I'll be fine. The doll will be fucking strangling you at night. (laughs) So yes, that'll stop in ten minutes. You cranked it so many times too. You're like, it won't work. It's like yeah, now because it's, it's so it's fucking ten hour. You have to put so much resistance on that motor thing mm-hmm. for it to even work. The wind up. Because it's rusty. Um, yeah. It's bad. So 
Oh, it's, yeah. It'll stop soon, I promise. <laughs> so go on. Did you say what you're saying? No, I don't even know what we're talking about anymore. <laughs> we're talking about dolls. We're talking about drugs, not dolls. Really? You kind of fooled me. All of a sudden, you're talking about dr- dolls <laughs> for some reason. I was trying to talk about drugs, and you put a fucking doll in my face, started cranking it around. Because I had the crank, and I didn't know I had the crank right, until yeah, yeah. like a minute ago. Uh, so I had to turn it. What do you want me to do with the doll? No, I just throw it away immediately. <laughs> then it's in your trash on. And it comes out. Oh, that would be bad too if you put it in the, the rolly trash and then it's you not know, good. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. It would have been good to put it out tonight though because the trash is coming that tomorrow. That fucker is it's not It's going to stop and then all of a sudden we're sleeping and you wake up at night and then you're going to hear that and you're going to go, oh, oh shit. Yeah, yeah. Because we stopped for like three hours going and then you down. start hearing it again. Yeah, not good. So, anyways, we're going to try to ignore the doll. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's back. All right, so, um, so drug, just ignore it. Just, so drugs. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I just did, I don't even remember what I was saying anymore. Just that, yeah, people will sometimes will use drugs to gain spiritual, you know, awakenings even without using them as like fun times like that. I think Aleister Crowley went in with that mentality saying, I'm going to use drugs to try to find something deeper in these rituals and these things I'm doing. But really, he starts to get into them for the party style also. Yeah, oh, it yeah. it's a side effect. Yeah. Side effect of that. Happens a lot of people. So he's having a good time, and he's doing more drugs after. Yeah, and the more he uses yep. drugs, like we mentioned earlier, the people who also work, or not work for, but are members of the Golden Dawn, they are not into it, and they know that he's doing this, and they're pretty concerned. They think he's going to start to use his newfound power and drug use for evil and, and bad. And, like, the Golden Dawn wasn't thinking they wanted to make a cult of, like, uh, you know, sacrificial ma- black magic. They, they just, they wanted to like learn about, you know, mysticism and the ancient ways and enlightenment and stuff like that. And now Crawley's doing a fucking line and, you know, fucking worshiping, you know, whatever thing he's going into. So he's starting a little, he's starting to shake a little bit apart from the group. At but this he point. got resistance the whole entire time. So like I said, mm-hmm. he fought to get into the second rule. They called it like the first rule is like the, you know, nobody's or whatever it was. Yeah. Then he made a friend, um, there who was uh like the he, he might have been the leader his name was mathers um mm-hmm. and he finally admitted uh alistair crowley into what was called the adeptus minor grade Bow to the first order. Hmm. um and a schism a schism developed between mathers and the london mathers of the golden dawn gotcha. who were unhappy with his autocratic rule yeah it's a damn mutiny and acting under Mather's orders, Crowley, with the help of his mistress and fellow initiate, because they, uh, that's the thing, they accepted both, they, they, were, they were full, like, there was no, like, men or leaders, women or leaders, they, they accepted everybody, men yeah. or women, which is also, of the time, kind of crazy. Um, yeah, that is uh, They attempted to seize the vault of the Adepts, which was a temple space, mm. um, in West Kensington. Um, so British. Um, and then when it was taken to court, the judge rules in favor... And uh, and Crowley uh, and Mathers were further isolated from the group because they tried, they tried to forcibly take over yeah. the golden shower. And um, yeah, that, that's what happens in any coup, though. It's either you're going to be the new men on top, or you're going to fall even farther than you started. I mean, if yeah, you try to run a mutiny, you better fucking, fucking get it done. Because if yeah. you don't, uh, if it's a government, 
your heads are coming off, and if it's uh, the Golden Dawn, then uh, you're not going to be any prominent members, and people are going to not ostracize you. Not yeah, in history, uh, you either kill the leader and then say, I'm the leader now, mm-hmm. or you hand all of the worker bees a bunch of cash. Yeah, there's only two uh, ways There's about not it. really any other way to do it. Yeah, and when you become a leader, you better kill all people who supported him, or you're next to yeah, the top. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's, that's the way it that's that's how it's done. Yeah, that works in any uh, society, whether it's secret or public. And I'm sure there's always a threat to members of the Golden Dawn that someone could go drop a dime on them to whatever church or whatever authorities say they're they're you know they're doing black magic, they're doing evil stuff that's against the church and against society, and they'd break the whole group up. So that's why they had to have such a tight knit community, and it had to be it'd be definitely in for a penny, in for a pound, in a British phrase, be like, you had to be committed to this group. And that's yeah. why you gotta drink the piss, and you gotta drink take the piss. Yeah, you gotta be involved. One, as most companies, most whatever it is, if you, if you show up to a place and you all of a sudden start giving them your own ideas and not listen to them, they just hate you more and more and more. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a softer approach that he didn't take, which is why we love him. Yeah, either it's yeah. you suck up or shut up, and he chose neither. And that, yeah. you know, that makes for a cool guy, but also a bad, uh, you know, member of the cult you get a schism like the sun yeah yeah exactly drop the schism here please the dylan and joe basement podcast see you there can you dig it I mean, like you alluded to earlier, all his relationships, or most of his close relationships in his life, end up ruining the other person's life, starting with the maid, and it gets on and on from there. I mean, the guy is a magnetic figure, people are drawn to him, he's convincing, he's persuasive, he's interesting, he's odd, and he finds a lot of people being drawn to him in his life, but usually it ends up ruining their entire life. Just takes a little bit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So he, um... He met this chick named Rose Kelly, who was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. On the on one of the, on the day that she she's supposed to be married to her, another man. So she had an arranged marriage, and then he met her and said, "Hey, fuck that, come with me." Mm-hmm. Um, and he gave her some convincing article uh, argument or his penis or something that made her really think. Probably both. Probably both. Um, that that day she should piece the fuck out of that arranged marriage and go with him. Yeah, I mean, it does add to your convincing qualities when you're in a place you don't want to be in your life and being forced into it. And instead of the alternative being you can do whatever you want, the alternative is me. Yeah. It's either that or me. And she goes, yeah. oh, you, you. Yeah, I'll pick you. That sounds So horrible. then within, I think it was... Arranged marriage bullshit? It was like 48 Fuck hours that. in between him meeting her and then so him saying, small. we're getting married and we're leaving this place. Yeah. You know? So they got married and they left the place then went to Egypt. That's a, that's a pretty far away honeymoon, even now, especially in the late 1800s. Yeah, how the fuck do you get there? Well, we, we did we did shoot over one little part of his life that we missed, which is that... Let's do it, yeah. When his mother dies, he gets the full inheritance of his oh, family. Oh, yes, I thought that was a given, yes. So oh, now yeah, yeah, yeah. he is rich as hell, personally. So not only does he now have the ideas in his head and the freedom he wants, now he has the financial weight and power to do so. So he can just go off and haul off to Egypt with this chick and do whatever the fuck he wants. But most importantly, no fucking job ever. No job. So now this is his, he's got, he's, he's, his inheritance was enough to cover him until he died. The full distillery fortune, the priest, whatever it is. All good. He's good to go. 
He's got the whole fucking thing. If he just sits so, in his, you know, whatever mansion in Kent or whatever, jerks off the whole time. What he, he, he would make it until you know the ripe old age of you know whatever a hundred years old. Um, but you know, like any guy who gets money he never earned in his early twenties has a bunch of crazy ideas. He starts spending it. And one and of the ways he spent it, it was taking a nice trip to Cairo with his new uh, betrothed. His new wife, uh, Rose, Rose Kelly. Yeah. And Rose Kelly was, uh, weirdly enough, not really so much into his his crazy ideas at the time. Yeah. But she liked the guy and he was convincing that for whatever it was until mm-hmm. they, um, they, so their honeymoon night was spent under the, uh, do you know this? Because I don't know the words, but they, they spent their honeymoon night in the like sarcophagus area of an Egyptian king, like under the pyramids. Yeah, yeah. He wanted the actual, uh, you know, when you picture Egypt, the, the pyramids, the tombs of Giza, and all that. And I mean, I mean, I don't really believe in mysticism and magic, but if it's don't ever going to be with somewhere, the pyramids, man, don't fuck. You know, that's with King Tud. Don't fuck with that shit. Yeah, and it, and that really, if you look at the uh, whether you or not, it's not worth the risk. Yeah, yeah. the curse of the mummy and all that. But yeah, the time that Crowley lived, if you go and zoom out on like a, a timeline scale or the scale of actual thousands of years, he is as far away from Egypt as we are. It's, it's as ancient to him as it is to us. I mean, that is thousands of years old, and mm-hmm. some of those pyramids are from three thousand BC. So they're they're, uh, they're messing with some old magics if that's what they're into. Yeah, but even before that, I mean, he went to he went to to China. He went to Japan. He went to like. All other places too. Like he's this isn't his first place to go after. after. Yeah, he wasn't like, hey, I should spread my. Well, let's go to Cairo. No, like no, he, he was he's, like, he's been he's been getting around in more ways than one, uh, and he's got the money to do so. So yeah, they go to Cairo and they they do his whole rituals and they start to try to have these religious experiences, which includes visions of the gods. Which Crowley has already purchased his own house, has been doing rituals in it for months now, trying to commune with angels from beyond the pale, Mm -hmm. and he's unable to do so. Um, He's having experiences that draw him closer to the idea, but he hasn't communed with one of them. Mm -hmm. But on this very night in his honeymoon, his newly betrothed does commune with one of them. Yeah, so I don't know if it was the night itself, but like he... Or the the, during the trip. Had sex in like a place where Egyptian pharaohs died and they're left there and they had like... You, you gotta love you early cannot. 1900s shit where they're like, do just, that shit. You just have them, yeah, just, yeah, just the weekend. Yeah, just go to Airbnb that fucking, you know, this, <laughs> yeah. this cave now that's you, under the pyramids. Now if you were there, you'd be arrested for like 50 years. Yeah, exactly. Just for looking at it. Yeah, yeah, Never mind if you're fucking in it with your wife. I mean, you're Doing you're shit and that stuff. You'd probably cut your head off if you did that. Yeah. So, so again, like I said, he could never bring to, um, makes things tangible at this point. Right. He called upon angels and demons and pharaohs and this and that and all the other things. Um, and, uh... And but was never able to like actually change the matter of things or change like actual outcomes. He just really felt deeply. Right. And Mary Kelly, no, Mary Kelly, um, fucking Mary Shelley, Mary, the writer of Frankenstein. Yeah, Mary Shelley, um, Rose, Rose Kelly. Kelly um, he put something in her basically, and 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 she kind of took it as a joke. But after their wedding night, and you know, he went in there full mass, expecting whatever, and got that shit. Um, they were able to go to a museum after this, right? Well, this is, she already spoke to him before they went to the museum, which is what made him compelled to bring her there because yeah. she said, I spoke to the Egyptian god Horus, and she claimed she had never heard about any of these gods before. Now, that's the kind of shit I find hard to believe. Because even if you don't think you have, you fucking have. You didn't think of the idea of the word Horus just 
out of whole cloth. She knew, she heard of Osiris, she heard of Horus, she mm-hmm. spent time in Egypt, spent time with him. She definitely heard of it. You know, she didn't, even if she didn't believe that she mm-hmm. heard of it. I know she had heard of it. That's the way the world works. People oftentimes think, I had no idea. And what do you know? It's that. It's, yeah, well, you did hear about it. You just don't remember it. You don't remember everything you ever hear. But here's where it gets interesting. He didn't believe her. Because he spent right. all this he time, she was all and he's like, he's like, I've been doing the ritual, ass. I've been doing all this, yeah. and I know all about Horus, and you don't fucking know Horus. He didn't talk to you and not me. And she goes, Yes, he did. And he goes, We're going to the museum. I had a dream. Let's go to the museum. Yeah, we're going to the museum. So he goes, he brings her in the museum. And it's got all this ancient Egypt exhibits. I mean, it's just beautiful shit. And she goes, well, He says, Show me what you saw. Yeah, yeah. If you did see it, show me what you saw. And, uh, and she, she walks straight up to a painting of Horus that was. Um, like uh, the number six 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 was under it. Like yeah, it was, it's, it's exhibit number six. That's exactly it. So I want to say it was a plaque. Yeah. And she said, "That's who I talked to in my dream." And he said, "Holy." And it's a picture of Horus, the exact person she said she talked to, holy, or the exact god, I should say. Holy said. golden shower. She's <laughs> holy Christ analogy. So <laughs> I was able to bring into fruition something through somebody else who has mm. a connection to the higher powers, and she said, "No question." That's who I talked to, and it was six six six. And he said, "Well, I'll be." He said, "Well, I'll <laughs> be." He said, "By Job, I think we've got it." Yep, word for word. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. So they got divorced two years later. <laughs> <laughs> Did not work out for them. We were so great. Yeah. yeah, but I thought that was, that was an interesting part of the story to be involved in all that, and he's had all these firm beliefs. He spent years and years seeking this, and he meets this woman who's you know at, at very best like tepid. Into yeah. this whole deal, but she sees this thing, she gets in this vision, and he's like, That's exactly what I'm talking about. Obviously, he's a little bit jealous, and she actually ends up telling him, like, the reason why the gods are speaking to you is because you're so overconfident and you think you're the hot shit. You need to yeah. humble yourself before the gods, which he learned as a kid, but he forgot as he got wild. Yeah, whoever knows. I mean, I, I believe in signs, I really, really do. Um, a lot of things it. that made me think that, and um, usually death of loved ones, something like that. If you're looking for him, you're not fucking finding him. It's not happening. So he was mm-hmm. young and dumb egotistical and, and dumb and full of comic corn and Joe, <laughs> whatever it was. And if you're looking for that shit, it just doesn't show up. So um, he was wildly surprised that his new wife of uh, two years, uh, well, well uh, uh, what, like a couple of weeks, couple, no, no, see, like, <laughs> uh, like, you know, yeah, a couple of weeks. Um, he <laughs> At who, the time. Who wasn't really a believer. No, no, no. She didn't believe in any of this. Was stuff. able to say, hey, this is who I saw. And he said, holy shit. Okay, so it's and not, if, if that exhibit really game is released, is, I'm learning, and the game has changed a little bit. It doesn't. It's not all about me. It's yeah. like, but it is. But it's like sometimes there's mojo in that. If that exhibit really was numbered six six six, you know Crowley went from six to midnight in that case because there's no way he would have been. He would have been freaking out that that was the idea. I find it pretty hard to believe that it was actually number six six six. That seems that seems more of a. a um, a uh, flourish to the story like and would you believe it's 666 just what like kind of is this there's 606 there's there's a thousand paintings like in a mm. well like, I can that's see, a lot but i i, I, mean, I'm, I can see there'd be a lot of things because it's like every like every little like screw and nail and tool it's like it's exhibit number 2000 okay. yeah, good point but i find it very unlikely that that was number 666 that seems to be a probably a revisionist idea of probably being like can you believe it it's 666 number of the beast on the beast yeah, it's a he uh, said, it could she be true. said, she said thing, but yeah. I mean, I, I think... Well, it's a he I and think, she said, and we all he and don't believe said it. And, but, uh, but I believe it. 
Yeah. I well, yeah, it, it could very well be true. I don't think it makes it any more or less important in my mind. It makes it more of a better story, um, but it's just as likely it was number 667, and, and if it, that was true, they wouldn't have mentioned that part. But because it was, they go, oh, we got to say the number. The number's the big yeah, part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so it was something. So it was but there's first. no association with Egypt and the number 666. It's completely a Christian idea, and actually it's the symbol that early Christians wrote that meant the name Nero, which was oh, yeah. Emperor Nero. There's no mention of 666 in the Bible at all. Look all you want. There's the beast, there's the Antichrist, all that shit's in there, but 666 is not part of it. It was the only almost reason a, yeah. is because 666 was created because Jesus apparently died uh, at uh, like 333 or something like that. Like, um, so they like doubled it. It's like some weird mathematical yeah. thing. That it, it's, 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 it's it's if the Bible so, like, is what happened, none of it says that shit. It's yeah. all it's all early Christianity putting in the idea of Emperor Nero, who was superiorly anti-Christian to the point where he's considered one of like Satan's followers now, like in yeah. hell, because he I mean, used he to burn Christians at the stake. Bad. He yeah, had no, he didn't do it was it's worse than going on talk to you, but no, he had Christians you know around them at dinner and killing them and shit like that. You know? It's so like so the Emperor Nero Nero was um, like a predecessor to Alistair Crowley, and Emperor Nero um, was a Roman emperor who um, was a lot like him in every way. But some things he did is because of his, his hedonistic tendencies, and you mean all the fucking so like so the Sodom and Gomorrah story is Emperor Nero. It's not him, but it's the same type of stuff that he did. Yeah. Um. So sex, drugs, party, alcohol, mm-hmm. wine, fucking all that stuff. And you're not you're but, not diving this into Caligula, who's another emperor who's famous for those things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, but Nero specifically was. Mm-hmm. Um, brought to power against like all of them in yeah. their early 20s this is before Christianity teens. was such a big concept around the world there was still like this small you know we would call it now like a cult of followers yeah. this guy who died in Jerusalem and they're like who gives a fuck about that guy if anyone says that shit let's kill him mm-hmm. which is kind of ironic where a thousand years later the seat of the Christian Catholic churches in Rome like they it became the hub of Christianity yeah. after this guy was killing them please go ahead yeah exactly and um <clears throat> It's a big and, flip. And, and Emperor Nero um, wasn't a good dude. And he, uh, so whether it was his enemies or Christians, um, he'd have these big exclusive parties that are like elegant, the place to be, People Magazine shit. Like so, so cool, good to be so king. nice, so all these things. And he would burn his enemies or Christians. They were the candles. Yeah, like the tiki so torches the, around the, tiki the party. The tiki torches around the party were, <laughs> were actually human beings. That, um, so how can you focus on enjoying your wine when people are screaming and like burning hair? It's oh, like, yeah, the smell. I didn't even think of the smell. Yeah, it's Jesus. not good. But, but that's, what, that's the things that he did. So that's why, that's why he was brought up because he's, uh, he's another like, uh, like-minded person. Right. But, but, so Christians but again, called that, called Nero, written down 666, saying that he is the Antichrist number of the beast. So when people talk about... 666 is completely based on the early Christians ideas of Emperor Nero which is not necessarily you know whatever this exhibit is or whatever Crowley's mom called him when he was mm-hmm. being a rambunctious right. teenager yeah you know. yeah exactly and, and we'll get to we'll get to our theories later about, oh, yeah, about yeah, all know. these people especially also Crowley obviously but sure. um, the times were different so yeah um, yeah so so, so yeah after, after that he's like well that's all the, all the signs I need and he actually ends up impregnating Rose, I believe, twice. The first time, unfortunately, he does. Uh, yeah, the, the their daughter doesn't survive. They never had a daughter that lived. Oh, I thought the second one that did live. Uh, don't quote uh, me on that. I'm not sure. So. But either way, it was it was no go. 
And um, uh, yeah, that marriage was doomed to, to fail uh, pretty early on. Even at the time when divorce was such a faux pas, uh, you know, Alistair was not uh, one to follow the norm. And uh, yeah, they did get divorced. But I don't think that he was ever really interested in starting a family or doing any of that stuff. It yeah, was kind of I, I think reproduction is probably on his mind. To, yeah. But but overall, not really. He doesn't doesn't want to be a father. He's certainly not going to change his lifestyle no. to start a family life. Uh, that's certainly not his bag. Baby. No. So chronologically, the next thing is, um, was it Kilimanjaro? Or was it K two? K two, right? It was called um, Kachinjunga. Yeah, but that's actually not K two though. Is it? Is that Kachinjunga is K two? Oh, is that? I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, it's in the Himalayas, though. Yes, gotcha. Yeah, so again, we're we're he's going all over the fucking world. Um, yeah, so he's got his he's got his dough, and he and he wants to be free, and he's getting all trapped down by this this uh, old lady who keeps getting pregnant. Like, how dare you? I'm just trying to have fun here. Stop getting pregnant all the time. Yeah, and uh, yeah, he's, he starts to become a mountain climber, and that's a pretty big part of his life for a while. Yeah, and this is after he wrote the Book of the Law. Oh, we should at least mention that. For yeah, me. we got to mention that. So, so because this is right before K two, is that yeah. during his marriage with with Rose, he wrote the Book of the Law. So all of a sudden, he's not just living; he's writing down yeah. his ideas. He goes from theories. seeking and following to say, "I'm going to let people know how it is, mm-hmm. and this is my text. I'm going to write to tell people the way of the world." And yeah. that actually is where he comes up with his idea of. Do what thou will. That is the whole of the law, yes. which is what they quote him on the most. Was it? What's the law? Summarize the the law, law is do what thou will. That's the only law. Mm-hmm. Which means do what you like. Yeah. Do what you like, and he, he explicitly in do what you like didn't say like anything about harm against others. Besides, like it, it wasn't like don't. It, it was. Actually, he didn't say do what you like unless you unless you hurt someone else. He just said do what you like. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Don't do like. don't not harm anybody in the process. No, good. Harm yeah. them. It's fine. Yeah. Do what you like to do. Yeah. It was kind of it. Yeah. But he wasn't explicitly like, oh, just go ramp in and have, uh, you know, the purge or whatever yeah. it was. It was he didn't say actively hurt people. It was just, it was people, just simply your, your best you self like. if you just do what you like. It was pretty simple. Mm. And that sums up a b- bunch of the Book of the Law. Well, um, you can say a lot was, of things That was in about, 1904 you wrote that. Yeah, that's a long time ago now. But yeah. yeah, you can say a lot of things about Aleister Crowley, but unlike a lot of religious or cult leaders, he definitely practiced what he preached. That's he wasn't right. hypocritical in that sense. He did do what he liked, whether or not he would leave his wife or child or whoever else behind. He did what he wanted to do. And uh, he definitely didn't... Um, you want to? Uh, oh, no, thanks. Okay, okay. They, they, like, make it more hot. <laughs> yeah, I imagine so. so. But, yeah, so so then, uh, yeah, that, that book was a huge part of his stepping stone to becoming a, a cult leader in the future. And even though that, that wasn't as widely spread when he first wrote it, uh, by now, you can buy it on Amazon. It's a huge book. Yeah. It's one of his biggest books he ever wrote. And influenced so many people, but we'll get that later. Yeah, for sure, yeah. Like, a lot of people that you like. Um, mm-hmm. It's not like this is this is just some guy who's like a, you know, that no one's ever heard of. Like, no, there's a reason why we his, know about it. His texts and his books influenced all the music you like. Or we, if you listen to this, a we think that it. you probably like it. So, yeah. um, it's great. So, Book of the Law, um, do what you like. And then he had a following at this point because he moved on from the gold shower and did his thing. Wait, the mountain climbing? Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Oh, gotcha, sorry. Yeah, yeah. So he had a following, so he brought a whole bunch of folks to, um, again, it's called K2, also known as... Um, Rancho Cucamonga. Uh, so, also, yeah, <laughs> Cucamonga. Kachinjunga. Thank you. Yeah, that's what it's uh, in 1905, 1906. Mm-hmm. So this is he's really deep into at this point um, 
calling on spirits, calling on energy, calling on this type of stuff. And he, so again, we have Mount Everest and we have K2. K2 is arguably harder to hike. Mount Everest is taller. Yeah, it's it's super deadly even to... Even to try it now with all our modern technology, it's super it's dangerous. Insane. And they were yeah. doing it in what nineteen oh four or whatever. I mean, it's absolutely uh, insane. Yeah, yeah, it was nineteen oh five, nineteen oh six. So yeah. it's been that time. But like, it's a really rough time to do K two. The only difference, like I said, Mount Everest is like the golden standard just because it is the tallest. Yeah, twenty six thousand feet. K two is not far. It's like twenty four. Yeah, it's part of the same mountain range, which is yeah. They have like I think like this whatever five of the, the 10 tallest mountains of the world are all in that range yeah, right there. Yeah, and K2 is right there. Catch and Junga. So, um, <clears throat> he brought a following of folks um, to K2. Including expert mountaineers. Expert, so people who were, were really well-versed in mountains and even they were like, this is going to be not easy. Not easy. So, um, he had poetry. He had all sorts of stuff at this time. And people listened and he decided to, to, to climb K2. Mm-hmm. Um, which is in the Himalayas and in Nepal, just like Mount Everest. Um, and it was the mount, the world's most treacherous mountain. Mount Everest is the tallest and treacherous, but this is the number one hardest one. Um, was told it's too dangerous. This is really just not a good time for this. Right. Whatever it is. So um, he brought a bunch of people there. And he, uh, they, on their expedition... Um, came across a point and he did a prayer type of a thing mm-hmm. and uh what prayers mean to him whatever it means to him to call upon spirits whatever it was and as soon as he did that according to everyone else a avalanche happened and what it did is it it came down and it it didn't kill anybody but it buried everybody yeah they and should have died they should have died and and so so he's there in his like tent or whatever it is doing this prayer this is happening and everybody's screaming and they're fucked up whatever it is and he didn't care at all didn't yeah. care he was like I, was even like, after the fact no they said do you have any sympathy for them he goes no nope he said no sympathy at all so um uh he had some emotional distress and uh and this kind of was part of his like physical downfall was after k2 is because that was such a treacherous thing yeah so many people were so like pissed off at him and he just said the spirits of kind of like let this happen he wasn't that's okay yeah so that was k2 but k2 is a big point for him because he called upon the spirits an avalanche happened then he just kind of let it be like well this is the way it's meant to be while men are screaming and suffering yeah doing things he did nothing men that were only there a lot of them to help him Mm -hmm. climb the mountain so i mean he's really yeah yep yeah do you think it's a good time for a break sure yeah another piss break sounds good This week's episode of the Dylan and Joe Basement Podcast is sponsored by Lyman Kugel Summer Shandy. I'm comfortable with my sexuality. Are you? Yeah, after his mountain expedition, it seemed like he mostly solidified the ideas that the will and rituals that he's enacting are actually affecting the world around him. People are listening because he's written um, multiple books at this point. Yeah. And he has conceptualized and then put to paper his thoughts, his opinions, and his way of life into something called Philema. 
Thalema, that is the thing that's going to carry him on going forward. I mean, that's like basically going to be the religion of Crowley. The religion of Crowley. Yeah. And it's, um, the best way to describe it is that it's like his motto, which is do what thou wilt. Do what thou will, mixed with paganism. Sounds sexy. It, it sounds pretty good. Um, we, we believe in a lot of, you know, the way that that works out. Paganism, for those who don't understand completely, is, is really just kind of believing in the world around you and the spirituality of, of nature, really just nature. It's not even just inanimate abjects like your couch. It's really just based in nature. So well, it was used as like a catch-all term for every religion that wasn't Christianity for a time. Yeah. But a lot of those religions, if you parse the mountains, look at them specifically, a lot of them were things like Druidism, and you know, believe in the, the nature and the world around you and, and acting it that way. So paganism isn't a religion like Christianity is, right. but it's a type it's a way of life. It's yeah, it's a way of life. It's a way of life. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So, and Thelema is taking notes from that kind of lifestyle and putting it forth. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Based off of he has multiple books, but the the one that was created before this was the Book of Lies. Book of Lies. Not the Book of Laws. The Book of Lies. Because he had the Book of Law, and mm-hmm. he had the Book of Lies, right. um, which uh, we'll get into later. But um, people read these this day. People like John Lennon. I mean, he's it's later in times, but like uh, yeah. a lot of these people really a started to read the things and said that these. This you can is, still find the books now on Amazon. You agree? Yeah, and they have uh, they have a ton of people who listen and read these books yeah. and change their way of life as well. Right. Yeah. Uh, but so then around that time, he's still, you know, he's still got that big bankroll. It really does make it easier to be a, a philosophical thinker and some kind of, you know, outside of your generational mind. People like Friedrich Nietzsche, I always think of as like, oh, he's a genius, he's a philosopher, but he had so much money, he never had to do anything else. So I'm glad he spent his time wisely for us. But mm-hmm. in other words, especially then, still so now, if you don't have any money, it's hard to have the time to come up with all these amazing new ideas. But luckily for us, Aleister Crowley was one of those people who had all this money, all this time to commit himself to these new ideas. And one of the things he does as part of his seeking of truth and the ritual was to go to a lake in the northern part of the United Kingdom and start committing himself to a ritual that we spoke on on an episode in the past. We did, and that episode was on Loch Ness. Our underwater ally. And he Nessie. bought this. It wasn't like it was just a cabin. I mean, at that time, we kind of talked, like, what we were told based off Loch Ness is that it was a little cabin. Yeah. It was a lot bigger than that. We're talking mm-hmm. 10 plus rooms. Right. So it was more of like an estate. Estate. Absolutely beautiful. Yeah. And that estate was built on a burial burial ground. Ooh. Which um, is probably one of the reasons that drew him to that site, right? It is, because he knew that there was um, there was actually a pretty traumatic event there. There was, there was an execution of people. Um, and there were some yeah. bad spirits there. So the thing was, Alistair Crowley is that he um, he was seeking it all. Right. The interesting is that he wasn't just. That's seeking, a good way to put it. He was seeking it all. He wanted no it. No matter what it was, he wants he, to get he part was, of it. And this is before Italy. He was seeking yes. it all. We're not there yet. Um, and he wanted to go balls deep into every realm of spirituality so he could master his own emotions, his own identity, his own. Nation. Uh, what's that mean? Well, he can master his own Bation. Oh, yeah, he master his own Bation um, and whatever it is. So <laughs> so he could um, 
do better with his teachings. So he bought a, in other words, a haunted place mm-hmm. on haunted Lake, before he even got there. Haunted before he even got there on Lake Loch Ness, which, as we know, Lake has Loch a Ness. history of. Um, supernatural events, aka yeah. the Loch Ness monster. In case you're not, yeah, we're not going to go into all that. Look at the other episode. Yeah, other episode. Um, go back yeah. there. We'll provide a link to that a or image yeah. or whatever it is. Yep. Um, to Lake Loch Ness, but um, he bought that, and that was the first step for him. Yeah, and part of his process there was to do a multi-day-long ritual, right, to try to communicate with the, yes. with the holy guardian angel and mm-hmm. try to be. The you know. ultimate ritual that he hasn't done bef- before at all. Yeah. To go see if there were going to be some tangible results. Yeah, and, and who multi- knows how well or not all these things are working out, but there must be something to spending that much effort and multiple days worth of committing yourself to one project, whether it's writing something, learning something, meditating. Like, there's something to spending that much effort and time in something. You're going to come to some kind of conclusion no matter what it is. Yeah, and, and he was he was a master in all that. Like he spent time in different countries practicing yoga, right. practicing mindfulness, practicing meditation, practicing um, all these things. And then you add drugs to those. So he like did the whole thing and then he said, I'm gonna do this here. Tried it all. He really wanted to give this this place a shot to be able to bring some sort of- At the law. Um, essentially extraterrestrials, not the word, but just some other power into here to be able bring the world to again we talked about ce5 in podcasts where c5 mm-hmm. is this, is the um communication of the fifth kind with aliens right. like it which is based primarily 100 percent on the human brain being peaceful knowledgeable accepting mm-hmm. when you let go of all ego let go of all emotions and he wanted to do that here in scotland at lake loch ness yeah. that's a huge part of a lot of eastern religions too is the yeah. idea of Ridding yourself of the ego, ridding yourself of even your body, and becoming, you yeah. know, beyond yourself. They call it enlightenment in Buddhism. They rid yourself of all those things. Exactly. And you'll and find something once you cross through. Exactly. And this is, and then he's gone past that point because he found that out already himself. Mm. So he's not doing this as an I, as an ego thing. Yeah. He's doing this as a we, as a collective, as a we're going to do this together and we're going to s- essentially summon something. That's going to make us seize things. And, and like in modern day culture with, um, <clears throat> uh, you know, the, uh, the church of Satan and stuff like that, um, they're not, they're not bad. They're not seeking bad things. They're, ser- they're seeking a, where are we making a change in something like a candle flame? And you can talk to people who even at Boston College, they have a study on this where they, um, a collective group of people, um, maybe 10 to 30 people sit around a candle flame and say, we're going to turn, we're going to make the candle flame go left. And then we're going to hold it there. Then we're going to bring it to center and go right. And uh, that really my, gets my, into my the mother idea was a part of that. Right? So I, I guess in that idea of yeah. willing things to happen, intentions actually affecting the world. Yeah. Beyond that. Obviously ideas like Satanism, which is what Crowley is completely, you know, pinned to as but, if it's but, that part of it. But wait, but he never, ever, ever claimed to be satanic. No, there wasn't to... even Satanism in his lifetime. Satanism really? wasn't created until well into. I mean, it was during his lifetime, but he, he was never a part of on this. Though he did, he did say that he was not satanic. He was not. Yeah. Um, he was not pro Satan. He wasn't a like you know, um, that type of thing. He was. So the thing is, there's there's been. As anything in that day, everything was that wasn't mainstream religion was abs- was Satan. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, but he said, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not, I'm not seeking harm. I'm not seeking the worst for people. I'm not going to go like pro, like almost like Nero seemed to be, like where you're just burning bodies. He's not doing that. He just wants to go. No, I'm seeking a paganistic form of a higher some kind of energy, higher truth. energy, yeah. higher, higher truth and higher energy. Not, no, no, I'm not summoning the devil. I'm not doing this. Whatever it is. Yeah. Um. He just he said that 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 it's a collective, uniform, not uniform, but like collective version of all the energies mm-hmm. good and bad because that's what makes that's what makes uh, consciousness is what he wanted to do um, which is why he's been misconstruing the media as being the 666 the devil well, no, he called himself no, 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 Six, no, 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 he called himself I'm, I, I am 666 the beast that is me right so part of that is him kind of being a little bit of a a little bit but he's not, I mean, he's he not wants, seeking harm no, I'm not saying he's seeking harm, but yeah. he did like the mentality of being a contrarian. He based his yeah. whole life on saying, what's the main thing? Fuck the main thing. I'm doing this other thing. Yeah. So it wasn't just the fact that he wanted to be left alone and be a peaceful monk in Himalayas. He liked the idea of making people's stomach turn and going the other way with it. Well, I respect about him. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. But he obviously liked being called the beast, the, the, the Antichrist. He liked that idea. It's exciting. It's different. It's, you know, it's Bacchanalia. It's otherworldly. Let's go against the norms. Let's change ideas. Let's toss things up a bit. And I think that that can obviously be construed at the time. And even now, with like, that means you want to commit evil acts and harm. Not necessarily true. No. But he wasn't 100% saying, oh, don't don't call me that. He wanted to be called that. He wanted to be the mover and the shaker. And, and, yeah. And he wanted to be the other, which he was. Yeah, no, exactly. And, and just to reiterate, like, what Joe's saying is that he's trying to do that. But even the Church of Satan today, I live within a mile of like the hub of the Church of Satan, right. and I really do like there. It's there, and um, um, they're not they're not destructive. They're not whatever it is. They are just pagans. Yeah, that's it. They're not looking for harm. They're looking for peace and love. It's it's really weird. Yeah, it's but strange. religion. Catholicism think, tells you differently. Yeah, they think that like oh yeah, if you're if you're satanic, it means that you want to be like Satan or that you worship Satan and want to you know commit evil on the world, which is you know. Obviously, they also named their religion after that to be kind of provocative and cram people in. But yeah, the actual ideas of it are not actually you want to rape and murder and kill and hurt people. It's not. Yeah. Really, it's not like the case. Yeah, and if you were that way, you were a Nazi. And and um, yeah. and uh, and Alice Crowley. Um, uh, that might be worth bringing up just just later. for a second. Okay, it's, it's, but now, it's, but uh, like he, uh, yeah, for a second um, during the war before he died. Um, he wanted to give whatever his services, whatever whatever it means, to fight the war against the Nazis. Like that yeah. is that is generally, if you want to think of Satan or pure evil, the he's Nazi still British party. after all. You know, he's all still British. Life. He wanted to help the government fight what generally is pure evil. So like, it's just when you look at history, history is written by the victors and whatever it is. But True. like he he was not he was not like let's just go be pure evil and do these things. He saw pure evil and said that's not good. Pure evil is not. That's not good. Yeah, it's not productive. It's not. You're not it's finding not, anything more from that. It's, yeah, he just wants. He's seeking so and so enlightenment. Yeah, yeah. But I thought it was interesting that um, I don't know what the timeline doesn't really work out this way. But that the fact that he's tied into so many strange events is that he actually took a ship called the Lusitania as part of his journey, which we will find out he you know did. later on yeah, that the sinking of that civilian yeah. boat by a German U-boat. Was one of the major galvanizing forces in World War One that made a lot of other countries say, "Okay, Germany's not fucking around. We have to go yeah, against yeah. them." And I thought that was so strange that he. Yeah, I saw that too. That. I thought that was really weird. Yeah, that he, like was he was on the Lusitania, on Lusitania to America for yeah. the start of World War One, 
And then when it was sunk, uh, and World War One was already beginning, that, that's part of the reason why you even call it World War One. At the time, it was mostly uh, Austria-Hungary and Germany, you know, going nuts. So, but it's hot. It's just strange that they would. Yeah, I, I can't believe you've been wearing that whole thing the whole time. Give that to give that to our friend here. <laughs> but yeah, I just I want to mention that really quick. He's like, that's a that's just another strange part of his life that he was even barely part of that. And and he did uh, claim, as other people did, that he offered to be a spy for the. Uh, the British Empire against Germany, saying I've already infiltrated secret groups, mm-hmm. which he's mentioning him being the Golden Dawn. He didn't really yep. infiltrate them, but he kind of, you know, he blew himself up a little bit. Yeah. And then I'm not really sure how much credence there is to that, but it's an interesting idea that he was utilized in that way against Germany at that time. And this is before the Nazis came, so it's interesting also as he became an old older man that he was still willing to push back against that form of systematic evil that's the true evil in the world the true evil yeah people you know whatever you know whatever they want to worship in the comfort of their own home if they want to have sex with whoever they want to that's not what evil is evil is systematically rallying and rounding up millions of people and murdering them that's evil you can dress all you want and you can be a upstanding successful member of society and you don't look like Crowley but you're also not murdering millions of innocent people so what's evil here Jacking off to a guy or murdering people who are children. Yeah, that's what evil is. Yeah, I, it's scary with the with the paint and, and the sex and the horns and shit. That's creepy people because they want to be all like this. But what's true evil? Yeah, that's what true evil is. I think exactly. So I thought that was interesting. I agree. But uh, so yeah, so he got that 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 place on Loch Ness, which. He wasn't there for a very long time. He was there to commit the ritual. I think he probably still owned the place for a while. Yep. But another interesting part that I thought that was, as it was passed down year after year, and people knew that he owned it. They knew it was already a burial ground. They knew it was haunted by Crowley's rituals. This part is awesome. Is that it was bought by the lead guitarist of Led Zeppelin. Jimmy Page bought the place Jimmy being Page. like, how about this? Because like, was like Crowley's place. So Fucking many musicians sick. were like, took inspiration from his uh, his writings or his life and Jimmy Page bought the place just to be like hey it's fucking Alistair Crowley's house yeah. I'm sure he had a couple of crazy parties there before he went on to sell the place to somebody else and it did burn down twice <laughs> so yeah I love that I don't, I, don't, yeah, I saw I don't, that too I think it's probably rebuilt by now just to be like a whatever it is you probably pay a million dollars to rent it out yeah, or whatever so, yeah whatever Airbnb yeah, yeah, Airbnb it yeah. but I thought that was fun so do you want to get into him uh, starting his own cult of Thelema in uh, Italy? Because that seems to be where he he's not as much seeking his own enlightenment as he is to trying to pass it on to other people and trying to form his own cults and consolidating power and uh, you know followers and really exactly. So so Thelema. Um, so do you have the exact location of this? Because I don't. Uh, I um, think it was it was in Sicily. Which is part of Italy, but it's an island. But I don't know the actual like. Town. Okay, yeah. So it's. In, uh, I just want to know if it was in uh, where. I think it's, so in it's in Sicily. So, yeah. um, beautiful Italian villa, as you can imagine, in Sicily. Sure. Um, I think it was a former monastery. Like they bought out an old abandoned abbey. Which yeah. Is, which it makes sense for starting a religion. Yeah, it makes sense because you have the, the 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 way to house people and stuff like that. Yeah, and, and then um, you have like the the church parts, the the you know, like said the barracks or whatever. The bombs, yeah. You know. Yeah, and this is where drugs really came into this. Oh yeah, is in th- is in his is his so called religion or practice called Philema, mm-hmm. um, and this is when he's really at his point on the cusp of complete insanity and complete mastery of what he's doing. Um, so one of the things that I noted from Philema that he did 
was he trained people to be fearless mm. with Thelema. Is that there's he's seen the afterlife from his childhood. He's seen it through his um, practices of um, meditation and also through drugs. Psychic so drugs, he yeah. filled this place. And again, this is still one of the most haunted places in the world. The based nightmare off of, room? The nightmare room. Oh, boy. Based off of the fact that he... It's almost like a Ouija board. For those of us who use Ouija boards, which I have extensively, um, it's been years, but um, oh, I don't... Patrick, yeah, I don't screw them anymore because, because I, I firmly believe that you can call upon good and bad and in the joe doesn't but in the middle it's, it's fine it's fine it's has it's made by hasbro it's you're, right you're but okay in the in the middle things too like so you have you have souls that are stuck in the in a plane in the middle in the fourth dimension you have souls that are in a um they're where they need to be because they generally are p- possibly pure evil you mean then you hell have in heaven yeah actually i mean i'm not sure actually i don't think so because the Christian names are hell, heaven, and purgatory, right? So yeah. So if we if we go, so let's make it simple. I'm not saying that that's the exact thing, but that's hell, people, heaven, and purgatory. Sometimes, like the concept, people are familiar. Uh, according to um, who's our favorite guy right now? Who's hilarious? Who does the jizz thing? <laughs> what? I don't know. What you're talking. Yeah, you do. From from uh, the, the I think you should leave. Yes. I know. Actually, what's his name? I, I Tim, can't believe, um, uh, Tim Robbins. Tim Robinson. Robinson, not Tim Robbins, not Josh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, Tim Robinson. Tim Robinson, yeah. Not uh, not Tim Robinson. It's like, so when do these uh, fucking fuckers ever <laughs> fucking just come down here and just run around naked and shit? Like, you know. <laughs> I really hope this is on YouTube I can use for the clip because I can't take it from Netflix. Yeah, I, it, it is on YouTube. Oh, good, good. I'll yeah, put that yeah, in so, It'll make more um, sense here, but yeah, good. So, so in that scene of the most funny um, thing that has come out in 2021, um, they say that the people who that 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 are in hauntings are most um, are are in the clothes they died in, mm-hmm. if they come to haunt a, a, an actual structure in our plane, our existence. That's what you picture, though, right? Yeah, it's all Victorian clothes and it's all creepy kids. No one's ever wearing um, a loincloth and no one's ever wearing a suit. Or what they it's want. all it's all from it's literally 1850 to 1870. Every ghost died then. That's it. Yeah, that's what it looks like. So every ghost so, has so, a bonnet on. So say you have heaven, and then you have hell, and you have purgatory, mm-hmm. and then you have the room they died in, and they show up. Um, what I'm saying is that the people who inhabit I have no idea what I'm going with this. <laughs> sorry, I get so I get so confused. Sorry, I went way up. It wouldn't be the Dylan Joe Basement podcast. Oh, Jesus one Christ! You, um, you got one of your clips for that put at the end. It's every time. I did get my a clip. favorite thing is when you have a whole tangent and then you have no fucking idea what I'm talking about. I love it. Fucking Christ, <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> goddamn Christ. Um, <clears throat> so don't cut this. This is good shit. No, no, no. I'm, not cutting. I'm just saying I'm going to use this and put it in the end also, which I usually do when you do that. I don't right. cut it out. Okay, so Ouija boards. So. Um, then you have that plane that is here right now. That's the earthly th- plane, this mortal coil. The earthly plane. Yeah. And I still don't know. The only one that we know it actually exists for sure because we live on it. Help. Or at least we believe that Help because me. we can see it. Um, what the I really fuck don't know what, I really don't want you going from, from hauntings, so there's people when they die, uh, whatever, something like that. Ouija boards. Yeah. Ouija boards important. Yeah, um, I'm sorry. I, I wish I knew more. Alistair Crowley, he's important too. Um, Somehow, I think you should leave God in here, which I'm happy about. It's God hilarious. damn it. It's really important that's in here, but this is something. So, like, yeah. we're, we're ultimately fresh. talking about 
yeah, Abby and Thelema. So it's more about the fact that he's going to be joining his, or not joining, starting his own cult in earnest. He's bought his own cult compound in Sicily. People are joining up there. Uh, br- bring your husband, bring your kids, bring your pets. We're all over here. There's no rules. Do what thou wilt. Here we go. We're all in. The Nightmare Room. The Nightmare Room. We'll go right to that. Maybe this will, maybe this will come around, but... The... One of the rooms in the place that he he made paintings that were horrific paintings and all this creepy shit. Yes. And he was trying to alleviate people of their fears, right? So he encouraged them to take psychedelics, go in that room, and keep staring at the paintings until they lost their fear. Which sounds... To me, like so fucking scary. My living hell. Yeah, so, like I don't think I'd lose my fear. I think I would gain more fear than ever. And I just have to I can't imagine being that desensitized because you oh, decide. I mean, so say I don't. What drugs do you do in the 1900s that are they, like they that? They don't like, have. I mean, they, they, maybe they could have psilocybin, but it must just be like. But other, they they probably knew about psilocybin because but they didn't it was have there. LSD, um, LSD yeah. wasn't synthesized till the 60s, no, so it was yeah. psilocybin and um, heroin. So like, well, there's probably other whatever. I mean, ayahuasca variants or whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, plants. so we just expect that they're on ayahuasca type of things. They're freaking or, out. It's the nightmare. Room. Yeah, exactly. So, so Alistair Crowley so brought scary. them into a room, yeah, and um, had them trip living balls and stare at the most scary paintings well, that he painted. Paintings up for the podcast. He painted. Yeah, he painted himself. While um, he was tripping ass. And and then they saw as if you walk in there you go these are pretty fucked up I don't understand these paintings yeah. and they go I'm gonna bring you bring this room so you have absolutely no fear and my whole point of this Joe is I think I was talking about is that like yeah. when you use the Ouija board um, you understand if you use it properly that um, spirits come into the board that are good or in the middle or bad and when you see the bad ones you know to turn it off mm. so the ro- the reason that I believe that this 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 whole entire estate was haunted is because that he facilitated all of it mm-hmm. to understand all of it. All right. um, like he invited it to be. He haunted. invited it, and I know that after using Ouija board, you don't want to invite things that are 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 bad. No. Um, it's a very 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 black and white thing. It's not like someone might be bad, and the the thing is the the bad that I've experienced. That's why Ouija I understand boards, why it could be black and white. Because people aren't black and white, so as soon as you die, you only become the one thing you might have. You're either your biggest mistake or your biggest triumph. As soon as you're dead, that's it. You're just that the worst thing you did or the best thing you did ever. Right. So I don't get that. Um, because ridiculous. so so like like I talked about that guy today um, who was you know next to our cottage in Maine. Um, you get guys like Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey. Um, <laughs> his name is Jim Carrey, actually. Um, it's pretty funny. It's not the Jim Carrey. All of a sudden, you get a guy like that who shows up, and you're like, something feels a little bit off, but he's being nice. Yeah. And and they worm you into things because they're being nice, but they really have really really bad intentions. Right. Um, and you, everybody on this podcast have, has 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 met a wolf in sheep's clothing. Mm-hmm. But that's a that's a cute tale when it comes to t- uh, a children's book. But in real life, there are wolves, 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 wolves. There's both wolves sheep's, and wolves. Yeah. Wolves and wolves in sheep's clothing. And and from my experience on Ouija boards, is they show up and they answer your questions, mm-hmm. and then they move a little fast, and then all of a sudden it's like this weird energy that comes about, mm-hmm. and you go, okay, I have a I have a bad feeling that this isn't good, and um, I'm gonna put an end to this. Um, and for me as a Ouija board user in the past. You go, hey, thanks for being here. Really respect your presence. 
it's awesome. Thanks for coming here. But we were we just we just wish you you know we hope you know please leave right now with the best intentions. I think you should leave. Have a great day. I think you should leave. <laughs> and whatever it is and it's it's actually pretty scary. And um, this place that Alice Crowley had in Italy um, is full of those spirits that you don't mm-hmm. want to do. If you like again, I've I've met a few of these spirits on Ouija boards where you know immediately if this person's like someone who is again like was in purgatory or in the building or in the area or whatever it is who comes in and wants to say hi and be like, oh, I'm kind of confused and lost. Mm-hmm. Or you get people who are good and say, hey, awesome, have a good fucking flight. Or you get people who are like that who are like, they come in, they're nice. They do say nice things. They answer your questions. Um, but you feel something that they're just, the movement of the, of the, of the key or whatever the triangle is, mm-hmm. is a little weird. And then they start to be aggressive and you feel this aggressive nature to that. And that that room that Alistair Crowley has, I firmly believe, is full of those bad spirits. Yeah. Um, and I want, I personally want nothing to do with it, but I feel like that room is that because Alistair Crowley wasn't like, hey, we're, I just want to understand the whole plane. There's a whole yeah. plane of existence. There's a whole bunch of spirits out there because when we die, what what happens? It's confusing. Yeah. Um. So he wasn't bad or not bad, but he let it all in. Well, like and that's a you, place I'm not sure I want to be. Like you, most people around the town and the entire country thought the same thing as you. That place is full of bad spirits. It's bad shit. And uh, it's evil and it's gross and get them the fuck out of there. Because, I don't know. I want to get a little more into the Abbey itself. Because it's not just the idea of all this altruistic, we're going to you know freak you out and try to find everything about it. I mean, I'm not totally digging the guy a ditch to jump into, but... I mean, there was kids there, and people are having sex all around children. Children are running around naked. We have animals yeah, running yeah. around. Crazy. I mean, I don't know that they're drinking animal blood. They're yeah, animals. animal sacrifices. Yeah, I mean, there's rumors of bestiality. I don't know if that's been confirmed or not, but it's, it's all yeah, it's all pushing the limits of anything you can possibly do. I obviously don't think that children should be any part of that at all because you really shouldn't grow up in that environment, yeah. which is also bad. But I get the idea when you go with do what thou will to the extreme, it gets a little bit much because you have to have a, a couple of different barriers on yourself. If you want to explore the world and see what's going on there beyond the world we live in, you really need to do it on your own terms with people who are all involved in that. And as soon as you become this figurehead and this cult leader, you have to make the rules up and you got kids involved and you got animals involved. It starts to be a little less do what thou wilt and a little bit do what I say. And what I say is, let's all fuck each other. Yeah. And that gets a little bit fucked up. Yeah. And what led to it not being able to be stick around for a while was the rumor that one of the women who was involved there, her husband was the guy who was all in for it. She wasn't that convinced. She lived there with him. And they said that he was drinking cat blood from one of the sacrifices. Yes. And he got sick from it. And I I don't know how much I believe that one way or the other. Because I heard the other version of it, which is what Alistair and other cult leaders said. And actually other people who live in the town said that you shouldn't drink from the river there because it's diseased. It's all kind of fucked up, yeah. The guy drank from the river. When he went to the doctor, the doctor said, you drink from the river. That's why you're sick. He ended up dying from that. And I think the guy actually did die from drinking a river. Like, he didn't die from drinking cat blood, whether he did or not. But that's all the evidence that she needed to go to the authorities and say, my husband's part of this cult. He drank the blood. Shit's going crazy. He's dead. And as soon as the guy dies, then Hysteria. it's all bets Yeah. So Hysteria. whether or not what they were doing is, you know, this way or the other way, it definitely was about to be shut down at any moment if anything else went sideways. I mean, obviously, the kids can't go to the authorities and say, I don't know what I'm doing. But... 
the government came in and they, they said, uh, enough of this debauchery and this craziness. And it just so happened at the time, the leader of the country was some guy named Benito Mussolini. And uh, he wasn't down with these. Really? Uh, Even then? He was that? He was doing that then, too? Yeah. Well, he, he was a uh, dictator in Italy for many years. Okay. Uh, before I, I, World I, War II even started. No shit. Okay, yeah. yeah. And uh, they, so they kicked him right out of there. So that was the experiment. I mean, when people think about Aleister Crowley, they mostly think about this time where he was running this cult in this place and they were up for whatever and doing whatever and experiencing what the fuck ever and uh it can only last so long because most people around you aren't down for that and especially once people start dying um the government comes in and picks it up i imagine if it was nowadays if you look at things like waco texas once people start to realize that children are involved it usually gets shut down pretty quick and then hopefully you can shut it down before kids start getting murdered like it happened at waco so yeah. I don't know. For me, I'm always adverse to cults. I think the idea of meditating and learning new ideas and pushing the, the nature of reality and seeing what's beyond it is all amazing. But uh, leave your kids at home. Yeah, we agree. They, they don't have any choice in it, and uh, it's no yeah. way to grow up. No, no way to grow up. So, but yeah, so then they, they got they got shut down, and uh, all the uh, the religion of Thelema didn't just die there. I mean, Crowley had a lot of followers that wanted to follow him to his next thing. And because of all his books that were distributed all around the world, there was followers he never met yet. I mean, it's before the internet, but you still have people reading your books and wanting to follow what you have to say. So he still had people that were fans of his even after he was shut down in Thelema. But when he shut down then, I think that was one of the first times he was knocked down to the point that he had to, he had to basically uh, go his tail between his legs and go back to somewhere else because as many riches as you can get and as much money as you can get paid to you, the people in his cults were not making that much money, so he's starting to run out of dough at this point in the story. And he's going to have to try to figure out how to keep... He is money. running out of dough, no. which is crazy because he was given a lot of dough. Yeah, but if you only spend it for, whatever, 20, 30 years... Just keep... And he's spending, and he's going to he, K2. He's making he's, shit. He's buying properties in all other countries in Europe. I mean, it's, it's getting a bunch. So he starts to run out of money a bit here, and obviously a lot of his followers from that experiment uh, weren't following him back to England. But he did go back in. Dylan and Joe Basement Podcast. It's for the birds. Yeah. Shockingly. Yeah, he was doing um, heroin a lot of this time. It just gets, He's out of money. He's relying on yeah, yeah. other, like, uh, almost investments from people into yeah, this. Yeah, like they're investing in him as a, as a, as a and leader. And they're investing in Thelema, actually, um, okay, as a leader. And um, and he's getting more into drugs, becomes a heroin addict. Um, and he meets his, I believe he meets his second wife at this point. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. One of many uh, people. And, I mean, not including all the people that he was, you know, Men, women that he was in relationships with, with and stuff like that. But yeah. he meets a second wife who sees him and understands this and kind of helps him almost sober up. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. because he, he probably would have died right then, uh, running out of money. You need more and more heroin every day. Uh, but people still, I mean, your works do precede you, and he's got a lot of books that people are really into. So he still has fans. And didn't he meet her like basically at 
the equivalent of like a book signing where she was like, I'm a huge fan. Pretty much. It was Maria Sanchez and um, they met in 1929 gotcha. and he died, uh, you know, like 15 years later than that. Mm-hmm. But they met, she realized he was somebody and, and he kind of um, sobered up as a whole as far as like his philosophy on life um, changed. Uh, they didn't really change at all, but like he started to realize that like the selfishness that he led and published throughout the world yeah. um, is something that he wants to change a little bit. So he was. It's hard to sustain. It's hard to sustain. I mean, you can and see he, the things like that happened in Italy and beforehand. Mm-hmm. It's it's all well and good, but it's hard to keep that up for long periods of time. It's unsustainable. Yeah, and he had a second kid with her. She was way younger than her. Way younger than him, and that was kind of like shocker. The, yeah, that was like the way the the big change for him is that so he's he's like in his forties now and he's got a second kid, mm. um, and he's it's a son, right? It's a son, and he's named his name is Alistair, Alistair Crowley. Yeah. Alistair Crowley. Um, so he changes ways a little bit. Um, well, he's and, actually he's actually Alistair he was, Crowley the first because his father's name is Edward. Right, right, exactly. So he's not. The, yeah, exactly. So he. Um, so with with her. Um, he slowed down a little bit. He, he stopped doing heroin, probably, maybe. And um, I, I think that he prob- he kept using heroin his whole life, but she got to a point where it was like, if you keep dude, going on this you're path, gonna you're going to die, die way sooner. So he had to like basically cut it out and, and do the whole detox and all that good stuff, which must have been even more of a nightmare then than it is now to get off of heroin. I can't imagine going through all that. You know? Oh, yeah, exactly. She sounded like she was good shit and um, helped him. Well, kinda- good shit as much as you can wanting to have Mary a kid with Alistair Crowley. Crowley. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and, uh, and then, then comes the war. So we're in 1939. The Second World War. Second yeah. World War. And he uh, advertised or pitched his, his services um, to the British government saying that, like, I can help you guys be, like, clairvoyant or help you guys this thing. And um, they, said, uh, they said, okay, no. <laughs> <laughs> thank you but no thank you no thanks which is not yeah. out of the question I mean uh, only you know 20 or so years later the American government was trying to make people psychic like it's not out of the question that he might have been useful MK Ultra. yeah like what it, that's called it seems so, insane now to be like Alistair Crowley could help the British government in the World War II it's like no at the time but a lot of the experiments they were doing I'm sure were all kinds of psycho ESP crazy stuff. psycho in the sense of like psychic not like you know psychotic but yeah, yeah. it wasn't out of the realm of possibility that yeah. he might be able to help them yeah. using, you know, magic with a K. Magic with a K. We haven't said that yet, I don't think. But like magic with a K. Yeah, that's his type of magic, which is yeah. you know, taking your will, your spiritual will and your intentions and making that manifest and, and actually affecting the world around you through, you know, sheer meditation and will. And kind of like what you said with the, with the candle experiment, which is like, yeah. I can, my intentions can actually change the world around me. Which was one of the major tenets of his ideas. Yeah, and every government had some sort of form of some person who offered these services. Yeah, and again, like the paranormal ministry of you know the unknown. MK Ultra is the best example possible. Of right. This. Um, but uh, yeah, that was that was that was pretty much it. I mean, he started to fade out a little bit, um, and uh, and he eventually developed uh, multiple lung diseases, including like bronchitis which was exacerbated by pleurisy 
Um, some kind of heart condition. So heart condition was probably there the whole time, but pleurisy. Well, if you do cocaine for thirty years, that'll that'll, that'll happen. Yeah, happen. yeah. Then then he then he eventually yeah. So between like chronic bronchitis, pleurisy, um, these are all like uh, essentially inflammation of lung tissue. Oh yeah. Um, mixed with a um, uh, I forget the name. It was like cardio might. I'm not gonna try, but like some sort of heart condition, whatever. Is he died in 1947, so after the war, Man, and that was it. But his horse. legacy, his legacy carried on through the fucking 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and today. Um, I mean, we're talking about him. We're talking about him. So, um, so. So we want to talk a little bit about the actual utilization because we talked pretty vaguely about him seeking truth and magic and you know you know sex magic and all this crazy mm-hmm. shit that he had. a lot of people call it black magic evil satanic but I want to talk a little bit at least about what he believed and what his followers believed in and a lot of other people outside of his belief it's not just followers of Thelema that believe this there's you know Masonic there's Wiccan mm-hmm. there's tons of different you know, sects of ideas that believe in the idea of taking your thoughts and the energy within yourself and, and, and taking your intention and affecting the world around you, whether it is through, you know, sacrificing things, not literally murdering animals, but like just giving up things in your life, taking your energy, the magic between two individuals, bonding, all these kind of things, and how that worked for him. Because obviously, it wasn't just his ideas like, you know, Scientology ideas that's obviously a huge very successful cult now but the ideas prevail on he didn't come up with them out of whole cloth himself he had those from other people where he was seeking them out and it still lives on now yeah so i want to talk to you about like what you think about that and kind of how that deals with reality because it kind of seems like you're pretty much on board at least being open-minded with the idea that those things actually work yeah, yeah, and magic with a K. It's like magic um, with a K, right? It's uh, it's it, it's focused on individuality first. Mm-hmm. It's like um, you know, as a kid, uh, you know, I sought a higher power that wasn't based in religion. Where you're just getting um, <clears throat> these days, we have alcohol, we have drugs, we have obviously fucking jewel, we have things like that. We have the internet that make you feel something. But it, but I I challenge you guys to email us. At Dylan and Joe Basement at Gmail. Uh, Dylan and Joe Basement Podcast. Sorry, Dylan and Joe Basement oh, Podcast at no, Gmail. Dylan and Joe Basement, you're right. Let us know how you do this type of thing. It's been a while, but, if, but, but again, below. most people don't just sit in a room in the dark around a candle, close their eyes, pretzel legged, or Indian crossed, whatever you want to call it. Um, I am Native American, so I can say that. So, whatever you want. Um, and just sit around a candle and uh, stare at it. Stare at a candle for two hours. Yeah, that Close would be way too boring. No Close one eyes. Involved in that. No one does that these days, but um, but it's important. I've done it uh, a lot, and uh, not not. As but much you're doing more than just sitting and staring at a candle. You'd be bored out of your mind. You're no, you doing start, more you, work inside your own head than you are just. No, staring. but if you haven't done that, especially as an adult, because there's so much in your mind that crosses through, it's like a form of mindfulness mixed with. Spirituality, yeah. spirituality, mm-hmm. where you just sit and sit and just like either yourself or as a group, just stare at a candle, 
Um, just do something and just like feel something. Feel a higher presence, feel a belief in something bigger than yourself in a uh, spiritual it's it's just spirituality it's i'm not talking faith faith is a way different thing there's something to be said with cutting out all the all the white noise and the concerns and the attitudes and the what was my phone ringing of your life and just kind of focusing on one simple thing and whether it is magic with a k or buddhism or yoga or whatever there is definitely something to clearing your mind and finding yourself within just focusing on either your breath or an image or something. And I just, I've hear, heard too many people find benefit in them, mm-hmm. even if it's not a spiritual awakening that some people do feel with it. Even just the fact that it makes you feel a little bit less stressed out and better that I, I totally believe that that is beneficial to people. Yeah, just, I'm just, just an, if, you, if you honestly, genuinely, again, I did this as a child mm-hmm. way more than I'm giving on. Um, just in, I'm dead serious you know I had a lot going on and I just like found peace in this yeah light a candle sit in the dark and just like be with it you know like people did back in the day you yeah. feel something whether you like it or not you're gonna feel something I don't know what that something is you feel something so Alistair Crowley built his entire belief system on that feeling mm. that's it because again he was raised the same way I was raised only not as hardcore mm-hmm. I, I'm not as hardcore as him but like your I felt, dad wasn't a priest he was not. He was an IT. He was an IT engineer. Um, but like hey, I, um, you know, you feel something. And like I was a kid, and I had I didn't have alcohol or drugs at that point. I just like was like this. And, and I got to points where it would genuinely scare me. I was like ten years old, nine years old, and and I would just do this, and it would, and I would get to a point where I'd be scared and have to leave. That's how much I felt something. Right. So as an adult, I I, I got to do it again because like. If it's it's a little bit creepy, it's a little bit scary, and you feel you feel a lot of um, it's not even emotions. It's like it's actually physical feelings. Like your body feels something. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And this entire guy, Alistair Crowley, built um, everything on that feeling. And then he tried to add different um, add add uh, intensities to that by bringing other people in to start. Yeah, and then bringing drugs in, and then bringing scripture from ancient religions like Egypt and stuff like that where it's like that was hardcore shit if you're in the pyramids and you're doing that shit um, it's really really hardcore and then for any that central idea and you're trying to add to it in any way you can yeah exactly and whether it's like in our it's whether it's in our amygdala or our you know um, pineal gland or whatever is pineal gland is a big part of this Mm. Um, whatever whatever it is you're gonna feel something so he developed that whole thing on this Right. And that sums up the whole guy is that he said, I, I felt this one feeling when I was a child and I just built on that. And he added things like um, magic with a K um, where he was able to take that feeling and then focus on it and then say, I'm going to bring something to fruition. Um, I'm going to uh, manifest, manifest uh, greater good for humanity, manifest greater good for myself, whatever it is, more lovers, more prostitutes, more whatever it is. And he did that. And then that's when shit got fucking funny and crazy and also <laughs> understandable is that, um, that we, I don't have the word for it, but um, through his religion, it was a lot of sexual stuff. So oh, yeah. he'd be at the, um, he would do the same thing during sex, which I also understand. And it's, it's almost like karma. And these days it's, uh, it's almost like a hardcore version of Karma Sutra. Karma Sutra. Yeah. Um, well, there is something to um, that that part of your mentality. The same reason why you could focus on your breath and meditation or focus on the candle and magic with a K or when you are 
having sex, you're so solely focused on one exact thing. It's all you're thinking about whatsoever. So there is that part of the human brain where you're always doing calculations, you're hearing extra things, noises, thinking about what's gonna happen tomorrow, are our bills paid, uh, what's that noise, what's going on here, what's that smell. You're always hearing a thousand things coming in at one time. And those three examples are an example of focusing your entire consciousness on one single point. And it's something transcendent about focusing so solely on one thing. And whether it is meditation or whether it is sex, it focuses all of your attention as the super smart apes that we are on one single point. And there is something about that, whether you call it spiritual or transcendent or just, uh, you know, strange. There's something different about that that strikes people and it, it changes the way they think about the world. And it, usually people find a benefit in that. Yeah, and he chose sex because sex brings those emotions, those, and, and not even emotions. No, it's more fun than staring at a candle. It is, but those those feelings into a physical manifestation of that, which is, a, a, you know, like orgasm. Mm. So he chose that point at the end of that to do those type of things, like I did with a candle type of stuff, mm. to do that type of stuff. And he had a name for this. And that's a big part of what he taught was... That type of thing. And it got fucking wild. It got crazy. There was giant orgies sure. and whatever it was. Um, I do but, also like the idea that he was like, I'm going to use the sex magic. Um, if I can't find someone else to do it, I'll do it by myself. And I have to do... Um, oh, this is crazy. I have, I have to, to do heroin in order to you know, experience it stronger, which I think is the funniest way to ever say, I want to jack off and do heroin by myself, but it's a spiritual experience. Yeah, exactly. But he also, he also took <laughs> I mean, me... What a great excuse for I want to do heroin and jack off. I'm becoming transcendent. Alone in my house, in like a spiritual <laughs> feeling, but it gets crazy that he he would do uh, it like as much as he would jerk off as much as living impossible, oh, or man. have sex as much as possible yeah, to a, get to a point where he is just a raw and fucking out of all the energy to get to that point too, yeah. where he would bring in things like it's almost like going to boot camp where they strip you of everything. Yeah, he would do these things. This is this is part of his sex magic. It was like he took it all into put it on paper and said, "All right, let's bring this." all to the extreme and do this shit mm. it's fucking crazy um, but it's also understandable so that was a big part of his, his his thing was sex was a huge part of it multiple people this going to the extreme going to pain going to whatever it is to bring in more raw energy um, totally right. fucking crazy um, so so we'll move on to celebrity uh, yeah, we want to in talk the media about- do you want to talk about how he affected other people? Uh, before we go into final thoughts, we want to talk about how he affected other people. How we've even heard of him. I mean, I obviously am not um, super into old occultist texts. I've never read like Masonic books or Wiccan rituals, things like that. But obviously, I've heard of Alistair sure. Crowley even when I was young uh, through the media and mostly through music. Because there's music. so many um, musicians, not just ones you can find today on Spotify or iTunes, but major all of them popular musicians uh, took a lot of credence from what he said. All the good ones in the 60s and, and not 70s. Just credence. Uh, exactly. Um, all the good ones were influenced by them, starting with, uh, I don't know if this is a start, but Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Club. Lonely, Lonely Hearts Club. Club Band. Yeah. Lonely Hearts Club Band. The album cover from the Beatles has Aleister Crowley in it. It's he's a group one of, the, of like one of the guys 30 or 40 people in there. Aleister Crowley is in that image. So we'll pull that up right now so you can see it. I can't figure out which one he is besides one guy with a white face. Well, like, you better tell it. me because when I edit it, I won't be able to find him either. He's really hard to see, but I'm guessing it's the guy who looks like me. 
Just, <laughs> yeah. you know, they're all sitting there like on a pew like this. Oh no! Um, and it's him, but like it's sort of that. So like we start Which with is, the, we start we start with the best music albums ever made. Yeah, and Alice Across in there because these guys all read all of his all of his uh, his writings. And um, the Beatles, much like him, they went all over the world trying to seek that, like like going yeah. to Kashmir and digging LSD and trying to find spiritual awakening. Exactly. And one of those things is reading books like the books that Alistair Crowley wrote. Yeah, and you think they're all innocent, and all of a sudden they, these guys just show up in England and they start making good music. No, they were heavily influenced by Alistair Crowley. Yeah. And well, so it, was, I mean, that's part of the reason why they got into it. I think it was between being a couple of young 20-year-old guys and being thrust into the most famous people on the planet. You have to try to find some meaning in that besides what it is because... When all is said and done, it would be great for us to walk on stage and hear an entire crowd screaming at us. But if you hear that since you're 18 years old, when you're 35, you're like, what's it all about? Yeah. And they went seeking that. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't uh, as, personally, I didn't listen to music till I was in my 20s because I just love the, I, I, I like, I don't still listen to words until I listen to it for the 600th time. Mm-hmm. You start listening that like, the actual a lot of the best, yeah, exactly, the actual lyrics, like gotcha. a lot of this music was actually influenced by Alistair Crowley and like, so we have the uh, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club. Then we have um, the drummer of Love Zeppelin buying his house. Um, yeah, Jimmy Page. Jimmy Page bought his house. You think he's? You know he's reading his shit. Oh yeah. Um, and then we have um, the song by Ozzy Osbourne. His first solo album, Blizzard of Oz. Mr. Blizzard Crowley. of Oz. Mr. Crowley. Mr. Crowley. Oh, don't worry, that's going to be the song. Yeah, no, I know, but it, like all the words are about Alistair Crowley. It's all about the him, whole yeah. thing. And uh, Ozzy Osbourne looks like Alistair Crowley. He <laughs> does, yeah. He does. He goes. Yeah, bands still so, like, do it now. Like uh, uh, Les Claypool, his new band. He actually, funny enough, he has a band with John Lennon's son, and they have a song that I it, don't it, like. This it, band. It, it talks about him, and they, wait, wait, what they band is uh, the, What's that uh, new one? Uh, the Claypool Lennon Delirium. Okay, sorry. I was thinking of the one that Dom likes a lot. Um, no, you would like them. Anyways, one of their songs... I don't like that new band. Uh, Beyond the Amethyst, they have, they have part of the lines in the song are do what thou will with their harkening back to that. Which is, yeah. It's just weird seeing the guy's son from the Beatles and Les Claypool making a song that's still part of that. I didn't actually know what that was when I listened to the song. I just liked the song. And now people researching about that's what they're talking about. Crowley's work there. Yeah. So even now in twenty, it came out in twenty eighteen. People are still doing it. You don't have to be in the sixties to be into it. You know. Yep. It's Still. In the sixties, brought up how it brought up um, a change in culture, a change in a way of thinking, a change in expression, of freedom, whatever it was. Yeah. And and Alistair Crowley had a way more of a part of this than people think they did that he did. Because lasting of, legacy for sure. Uh, yeah, seriously, and it's still lasting today. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, but again, we'll, we'll give more references, but those two are the most strong one. Mr. Crowley and uh, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club um, on the album cover is this guy, Alice Crowley. It's yeah, totally part of my research, uh, when I was looking at different YouTube videos to learn about it, it was, <clears throat> I, I, I'll, tell, I'll put the name in the podcast because I feel embarrassed, I can't remember it, but it's a rapper from you know, the early 2010s and he's talking all about his influence of Aleister Crowley and how he is a huge part of his rapping career. And you're like, this guy is into Crowley? Yeah. You're picturing like a you know a white kid with long hair being like it's fucking Satan and metal dude, and this guy's like, I'm telling you, you know what I mean? Like Crowley, you know, this that. Like, stuff, he named like, his album after Aleister Crowley because he was inspired by his works and inspired more than his works by the artists that were inspired by him, like the Beatles and like Ozzy and things like that. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. Um, so uh, you can imagine any good band in the 60s 
um, that was more towards the realms of Led Zeppelin and Pink Floyd and um, all those guys were probably read Alistair Crowley's work, like the Book of the Book of Lies. Yeah, and even if they didn't read it, they were all aware of it. Uh, yeah, Frank Zappa, another one. Yeah, Frank Zappa, classic example of a outside thinker. Yeah, he named um, Frank his Zappa daughter Moon. Moon. <laughs> I mean, what do you want? What do you want? But Frank Zappa is like is is almost like the Alistair Crowley of the whole group, just because mm. he was. Again, we love Ozzy and and his way of things, but like stuff like that. But he just was a he just took what there we go, man. Get some fucking glasses uh, on there. I, I, I fucking love it. Uh, I, I love the Dylan Joy Basement podcast. Fuck, fuck it. <laughs> right from Ozzy Osbourne. Uh, um, but but Frank Zappa was was arguably the most individualistic of them all. Yeah, he really was. He was the weirdest. If you look at some, if you actually listen to Frank Zappa's songs, they're fucking weird as fuck. So weird. So weird, but so good. But so interesting and uh, outside the box. Outside the box. That's it. And Frank Zappa is good shit, man. Yeah. Oh man, those guys are incorrigible. You know what time it is. Let's get into final thoughts. Let's share our final thoughts on Aleister Crowley, uh, what you and I think about him, and kind of wrap this puppy up as we usually do. Do you want to go first? Sure, yeah, I'm happy to go first. Okay. Um, <clears throat> my thoughts on Aleister Crowley is that he was completely shaped by his childhood, as most people are. Uh, yeah, almost everybody, I think. Yeah, he had it really rough, experienced close to death, and then experienced freedom, and then was also infused with a ton of cash and was able to express and develop his initial feelings and thoughts and spiritualism based on all that. And I think that's really, really cool. Um, I do not... So my, my initial... Again, my initial thoughts on him were that he's not devil himself not satan incarnate not the six six, six of the not world what he's perceived as by he's not culture because you got to keep in mind as most things hysteria has been the problem with this the same witch trials with yeah. this that the other thing i mean even just being gay when he was you know in his teenage years was he would have been as sa- yeah, satan you're saying yeah right exactly so even just that which now is totally fine we understand that yeah exactly that. and like he did some crazy shit we didn't even talk about because it's just there's so, so much, much of it yeah. so much of the things that he did that were like absolutely insane that could come off as that whatever it was but um i i don't believe i think that he was working for generally the greater good of human expression um and like I said, he the only difference between him and fucking Gandhi and uh, anyone else is that he, again, is, is a pioneer in uh, formulating, documenting, writing about, and creating a culture around 100% free thought and free expression. And, and again, all the music that we like today, and I arguably say all the music, because we're not talking about fucking Frank Sinatra because he was uh, Frank Sinatra was arguably a way worse a person than uh, than Alistair Crowley was he's um, beloved but he definitely hurt a lot of people hurt a lot of people you just don't hear about that part of him because he was right on the straight and narrow for where people wanted straight and narrow and then, then then used his expression to go fucking hurt women essentially yeah. Alistair Crowley um, was uh, labeled a satanic uh, you know demon for the things he did, but um, 
but overall was just was just taking all of it in. Do I believe that his house in Italy was haunted? Absolutely, based off of being a a, a, a quite frequent Ouija board user in my younger days. I believe that you can invite those spirits in, but he welcomed them. And you're a haunted Italian yourself. Haunted Italian? Well, you're haunted by the spirits of the world. Uh, I won't say I'm haunted by them. I think that I'm 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 very someone who can be put in any situation. Um, and not be influenced or scared by them. I've learned that, and I've been told that by multiple um, fortune tellers, where they say, like, all right, well, there's a lot of stuff going on here, but you developed a lot of uh, strength and, and, and walls to block that stuff out, so you're not influenced by the environment, so you can be put anywhere ever it, and not be influenced by these things because you have these, like, really strong walls up. So I believe that he, 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 he's the one who brought a lot of stuff in, but it's not necessarily a bad thing because it makes people stronger. So, mm. um, so I'm I'm pro. I'm I'm all about him. I think that he's. Um, uh, I think that he's he he contributed to the greater good of the world because he didn't contribute to the greater evil of the world. And again, like I said, with my living in Salem, Massachusetts, I see a lot of this. And the people that subscribe to his beliefs are um, subscribing to paganism, not. Um, you know the Taliban or Al Qaeda or Nazis or any other Afghanistan or, group. Well, it's going on right now, but like or Nazis or um, North Korea or genuine, genuine true evil. True evil. Mm. He's not there. He just welcomed every spirit in there, um, and then you can filter it as you want. And if and at the very least, you'll gain strength. I hear that. That's my sure. thing with him. Yeah, I think you brought up a good point that he's. Would be similar to whether Frank Sinatra or uh, Gandhi or people like that, where people have this idea of the person, and they pin all these thoughts and feelings on them, and they worship them in some way. I mean, I know some people who think that Frank Sinatra is basically the second coming of Christ. Some people think that Gandhi is the Good greatest, music. the greatest man ever exists. Yeah. And everyone has their flaws and their foibles and their great ideas. I mean, whether it's Gandhi sleeping with underage girls, whether it's Frank Sinatra abusing and women and being an all-around shitty guy who had a lot of money, a lot of power, a lot of influence, those two people are beloved. And so there is Aleister Crowley, where even though the culture at large deems him an evil, demonic man, a lot of people worship the guy. And I think that it's important to find somewhere in the middle there because people like Gandhi had all these amazing ideas and amazing accomplishments and outside thinking. Being oppressed by the British Empire needed a response and he had his response in the way of nonviolence. And Aleister Crowley being oppressed by society's norms and all these religious ideas, he fought back by looking to Eastern mysticism, making his own ideas of mysticism, breaking away from his parents, his society, and going outwards and coming up with all these different kind of ideas for rituals and spiritual moments he could find is impressive, but he still has his moments that he shouldn't be worshipped for. He, he's still a man after all. I mean, he's, in my mind, he's still a cult leader. He wrote a bunch of books that are full of total horseshit. You can't actually summon demons and Satan. I don't care how many times you come in somebody or how many times <laughs> you let a guy fuck you in the ass. I and mean, that's all good. Like that, well, for me, it's just what you said is that there is things to be taken from everybody, and as far as Crowley in my mind, I would never worship the guy as a hero, but as far as the ideas that people do like him for, I think they should be applauded because breaking away from the norms, 
pushing the limits of what it's like being a person in society or even religion and trying to be like, it's okay to be who you are, I want to be who I am, and all that. I mean, a lot of things that he did and he was ostracized for are totally normal now. In fact, if you say they aren't, you might be in a lot of trouble. That's a good point. <laughs> you know, yeah. the, the idea of him being like, I'm in for whatever, if you say that now, you might be in big fucking trouble if you're against that. But at the time, if you say that, you're in trouble. So I think the guy is a severely flawed person as so many people are but he had a lot of amazing ideas that people like these musicians take from and they made beautiful things out of and I think there's a lot to be gained from him and from people like him I would never say wholeheartedly this guy's my fucking hero I think he's great I'm totally on board because he did a lot of fucked up shit and at the very least he was supremely selfish just ask all his kids that never got to meet him Mm -hmm. or all his wives that he abandoned all the people that he took all their money and left behind. Or all the, I don't know, people that were in his cult that were left behind. I mean, he was not a very altruistic person. His ideas last beyond his life and they can add to humanity and they push back. So I guess I'm just saying, I'm glad we have people like Aleister Crowley. I hope we keep getting people like him. But I wouldn't put him up on a pedestal. He's just another human being who took what he had and he made the best of it. And some people suffered for that and some people were enlightened by it. And uh, he's definitely worth talking about. Yeah, and, and, and kind of summarize that, he's another guy in history to take a grain of salt from. Yeah. Just a grain. It's worth going into. Yeah. And also, um, him and Nessie were pals. You heard it here first. Yeah, that's true. Nessie could be a result of him. We're not sure. <laughs> We're not sure. We don't We're have to dive deeper. <laughs> but we, me and Joe will hopefully go there one well, day. Uh, and you confirm. know, we'll let you know. We'll let you guys know. Yeah, we'll confirm this. We'll confirm it. But uh, that's it. I mean, but until then, you know, until then, maybe up. Yeah, till then, that's the uh, pound here. That's as usual. The Dylan Joe Basement Podcast, brought to you by your hosts. Um, what do we call her? Creepy doll that's gonna be in the trash after that's I hit pause. Name. I mean, what's a weird? What's like an Alster of women? I don't know. Uh, I mean, it's like Cleopatra, but that's Alexandra. Alexandra, bunch by Alexandra, Dylan, and Basement Fucking Joe. We're here. We'll see you guys next week from the Dylan Joe Basement Podcast. Thanks for listening. Comment on the things about your thoughts on Alistair Crowley, and we uh, we will respond. I wanted to end it with a uh, quote from Alistair when he was just first breaking out of his idea of being a kid. And he said, God and the devil fought for my soul. God conquered. Now I only have one doubt left, which of the twain was God. That's for you to decide. the British government saying that like I can help you guys be like clairvoyant or help you guys this thing and um, they said uh, they said okay no (laughs) (laughs) every morning wake up each other about this so they uh, there's no way all of a sudden (laughs) (laughs) the order of the golden shower yeah so um, so that's why it's called the golden dawn well, I, I, you know what? <laughs> Usually I'd be like, that's total bullshit. But-
Wait, no one can. Got you guys can't hear, right? No, you probably can, you probably can't hear on the mic. No, but Joe knows and he's mad. I didn't need another reason to hate that fucking doll, but now I won't <laughs> shut up. Well, on top dude, of it. every every <laughs> artist right, so that the people who inhabit. I have no idea this. <laughs> Sorry, I get so I get so confused. Sorry, I went way out. It wouldn't be the Dylan Joe basement podcast. Oh, Jesus one, Christ! You, um, you got one of your clips for that clip at the end. That's every time. I did get my a clip. favorite thing is when you have a whole tangent and you have no fucking idea what I'm talking about. I love it. Fucking Christ! <laughs> Jesus, goddamn Christ! I have to do heroin in order to, you know, experience it stronger, which I think is the funniest way to ever say, I want to jack off and do heroin by myself, but it's a spiritual experience. Yeah, exactly. But he also, he also took <laughs> I mean, what a great excuse for, I want to do heroin and jack off. I'm becoming transcendent alone in my house. in like a spiritual <laughs> feeling. But it gets crazy that he... Pizza in this ass. What was, um... What was that phrase you were saying that I was like... It has ass in it. Not like bang ass. Something Eat like, ass? No, no, something like, it's this, this total bang ass something. It's something like that, it's not that. It's similar. Uh, it'll show up. If it's something I say, it'll it's something come, I no, say. No, when you've been saying it recently, and I'm like, that's such a good phrase. I gotta use that more. Ass beater. Is that what it is? You ass think, beater? You think Pat for that. <laughs> that's a great one. Pat Maloney randomly It's, a, it's a complete ass beater. He sent me uh, <laughs> oh my, that's so hilarious. He sent me a song from Bill, and he's like, it's like total ass beater, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's it, right? I was like, dude, it is a total ass beater. Thanks, that song is a total ass beater. <laughs> I love that. Well, that too. Line and Kugel Summer Shandy. One taste, and you'll feel like you're on the beach. But you're not on the beach. You're uh, you're in your apartment.